everybody, welcome to episode 100 of Some Nerds Have a Podcast. Woo! And looks like we made it. (laughs) I didn't. I I don't remember Remember the rest rest of the song. song. You're fine. I I made that joke before we started, and I did not bother to look up the lyrics to that that Shania Twain classic. Yep. Uh, But maybe I will. Maybe I'll sing it. I'll sing for you guys. That's that's what I bring to the table. Man, it's a good thing we don't make money off this, or else we get sued. So, oh yeah, this would be copyright infringement so hard. Uh, but hey, welcome everyone. All right, sorry, say that again. I, I'm Nick. I'm Alex. I'm Elise. <laughs> Where some nerds have a podcast, and after 100 episodes, mm. we still can't get it right. <laughs> and unlike the super best friends, we're still awesome friends. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, in fairness, they went for like way longer than 100 episodes. Shut up. They had like, they had like 300, and they did one a week. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, who has time for that? I mean, I guess if you're like... If that's your job. If that's your job, <laughs> that's you, that's you your have job. time for that. Looks like we made it. Oh, oh shit. I just looked these up. <laughs> God damn it. This is going to be the episode. It's just Elise trying to find the lyrics, <laughs> singing the first line, and then not re- having the rest in front of her. Let you on the way- Wait, what? This is not how the song goes. It starts off different than the, the chorus, I think. What? Oh, no, I'm looking at the Barry Manilow. I want the Shania Twain version. <laughs> yeah, that was your problem right there. Uh, this is going to be the episode. we've come, my baby. I, I hope you guys enjoy this. this is all we got we for might took the long way. That's it. Do you know, like, how many... How fucking passive-aggressive is this song to play as your first dance? <laughs> like, because you know, you know some bitch did this and was just like, Someone finally late. popped the question. We were together seven years. The way the longest time. Oh, dear. Uh, uh. I mean, we were together four years before you popped the question. Something like that. Long yeah. fucking time. This is the difference between bisexual relationships and lesbian relationships. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because, like, I've already started the countdown clock on you, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Good to Actually, know. by the end of the episode. By the end of the episode, Alex. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> Janet comes in again. Janet comes in and pops in. You want to celebrate your 100th episode? Oh my god, if that fucking happens. <laughs> I'm a soothsayer. I'm a soothsayer. Anyway. <sighs> versus like chaotic bisexuals are like, I don't know. There's so many options. Like that's, that is like the one time the stereotype about us is true. The, the one time? You know what? You shut your whore mouth. Okay? You When's the last time mouth? you cuffed your, uh, your pants legs at least? You know what? I don't don't need to take this, okay? (laughs) I did not. I just, I came here to have a good time, Mm -hmm. to drink my Manhattan, Mm -hmm. and and shoot the shit with with my nerds, and and sing some Shania Twain. (laughs) (laughs) You're still the one! (laughs) That's the rest of the song. Because it's called You're Still the One, not Looks Like We Made It. That's the Barry Manilow song. And that's uh, what I learned today. Good to know. It's all we're always still learning. It's I a didn't great know that, day for Elise's. I didn't know that there was a Barry Manilow song. Oh, now you do. It's that one out. Now, now you I know. know. Knowing it's half the battle. All right. 
So this is a very special episode. Shall we talk to our audience about why this is a very special episode? Because we're done. No. We're done. <laughs> Not really. Kind of. No, no. Um, sort of it's, kidding. Okay. It, it's like the, the tarot card death. It seems drastic, but actually. <laughs> but just, actually. It just means great change. So we've been doing every other week episodes for a long ass time now. Since 2017? Yep. 2017. Wow. Mm-hmm. We had a whole different president, man. Um, I was a whole different we... gender. <laughs> That's right. You were a whole different gender. Oh man. Uh, but now, now it's now we're two girls and a guy and a podcast, and and sometimes, sometimes not that we don't love you, our audience of five people. <laughs> uh, it's not that we don't love you because we do. Okay, we're not we're not breaking up. We're still friends. We're all still like, friends. We want to see other podcasts. We want to see. Really. <laughs> we want you to be able to see other podcasts. Better podcasts. <laughs> we to recommend on this podcast. So you're still going to listen to this podcast. It's just going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're actually going to go back to what we originally wanted to do this. So like in the beginning, our idea was like, well, we'll do some nerds have a podcast to kind of like fuck around and find out, right? We're going to like learn all the podcasting stuff to learn because learning through doing is kind of the mm. best way to figure these sh- this shit out. And, it's, and been, then, it's been four years. We haven't learned anything. So we're like, fuck it. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so our, our our initial like dream podcast that we would do is that we would do a, role, a real play RPG, which is so original. Mm-hmm. No one has ever thought of this before. before. But we're so smart. You've never listened it. to one. We've never listened to one. It's like they don't exist. No. <laughs> uh our twist is going to be we wanted to focus on kind of lesser known because we're all really big fans of, of table, tabletop RPGs, um, and we really wanted to focus on some of our game some of our games that like uh, we like and enjoy but aren't you know aren't the heavy hitters right like mm-hmm. it's not uh, Dungeons and Dragons it's not Pathfinder, um, and our goal is kind of like how in if you've listened if you've been with us since the beginning you know that we've interviewed the creator of Spell. Um, and we played a, a game of spell and like, we really want to get back to doing that. So, um, and there we're... was that, there was that uh, episode we recorded that will never see the light of day where we played fiasco. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so instead of being a bi-weekly rant where we also talk to you about Virginia politics for some reason. <laughs> We don't want to uh, talk about that anymore. It's yeah, not fun anymore. Glenn Youngkin ruined it all. Thanks, Glenn Youngkin. Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> Who has the first name of Glenn? Some dickweed that the Republicans got to run for them. Anyway, this is also us probably getting canceled by the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, <laughs> so we decided, uh, since so so what we decided to do is transfer from doing an every other week podcast to doing a seasons based podcast where we will discuss a role-playing system that hopefully you haven't heard of um we'll talk a little bit about the setting in the game that we're going to do then we're going to release episodes real play episodes over the course of a couple of months then we'll take a break in the summer and we'll come back for if you still love our rants (laughs) um our goal is for the spring season to be a role-play uh, a different role play game and then for the fall season to be kind of the 
some more nerds as you you know and love us. But um, maybe a bit more scripted and maybe a maybe, bit more yeah. on topic. <laughs> Girl, you got high hopes for a living. Yeah, uh, well, you know. <laughs> scripted might be asking a bit. Much. Uh, but we'll we'll be a little bit we'll try to be more prepared in the future. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. no real reason why we're doing this other than like a hundred episodes, we're ready to try something new. So if Good you've mile. stuck with us this fucking long, mm-hmm. then uh, congratulations. congratulations! You've made it to the season finale. Season one is over. Yeah, <laughs> season after, two after gets to start. four years. Season <laughs> one. Oh my god! Do we want to do you want to take a quick trip uh, down memory lane, or do we want to discuss what makes this this episode so special? A uh, trip down memory lane, like how Remember do you like? We watched Bright. <laughs> <laughs> And trip over. <laughs> I mean, our I think our first our first podcast episode to do like proper numbers on SoundCloud was the uh the Who Killed Neil Breen episode. Oh my god. <laughs> Remember we talked about Neil Breen? Uh, yeah. I I've never stopped talking about Neil Breen. <laughs> oh my god. That man is a genius. But uh yeah. Cannot believe that you committed suicide. I just can't believe it. <laughs> wow. That was a thing we what? have watched. Mm-hmm. So. Um, he has a bunch of movies we haven't watched yet. We should we should hunt those mm-hmm. down. Yeah, we did that. We watched um, the uh, Area 88. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about that. You remember when your sibling was talking about how that was their favorite uh, anime growing up, Elise? And we were like, wait, what? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, out of nowhere, they were just like, I love Area 88. And I was like, no, you don't. What? <laughs> we grew up in the same household. When did you ever watch this? Like, I would have seen it. We shared a bedroom. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like... The, uh, uh, and then it's like the the bedroom that we used to share when we were kids is now like my niece like whenever my nieces come and visit mm-hmm. uh it's like their room and then yeah. there's just like a bunch of anime tapes nice <laughs> and so i'm like i can't wait for the day that like one of like my little like 10 year old niece is like discovers revolutionary girl lieutenant and like <laughs> And I was like, "What's this?" And it's like, "Don't watch that." They're gonna have record to- of the Lotus War. And it's like, <laughs> "Oh God, please stop." <laughs> They're gonna have to find uh, a VCR, which means they'll have to drive all the way over to Alex's apartment. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, lady! I know we've never met you before, but uh, <laughs> could you, <laughs> could could you let me watch something on your page? They met Alex. They were both uh, guests at our wedding. Oh, yes. Uh, once. <laughs> <laughs> You've been introduced. A whole other gender ago. Uh, a whole other gender ago. That's true. Uh, um, we went on a book club trip to a small angry planet. Oh, oh yeah. That was, fun. that was a good one. That was a good one. We, I like how we never came back to the idea of doing a book club. That was like well, just like we never came back to the idea of playing spell or other RPGs. Gosh, yeah, well, we're wow, coming back we to that now. We're coming back to that now. Why are uh, we, we still doing this after four years? We interviewed Dr. Arnold T. Bloomberg. Oh, Arnold. Yeah. Oh, he's fucking great. He's still doing yeah. stuff. Oh, you should go support uh, ATB Press, mm-hmm. uh, ATB Publishing. I think they just came out with a new book of essays. Um. They usually do like some really good sales around the holidays. So check it out. Go support them. ATB Publishing, especially if you 
if you like what we do, but wish we were better at it uh, <laughs> and you could read it, <laughs> then yes, go go check out ATV. Their, their books are really good. Their stuff is really great. So we uh, saw the car. We saw the first episode of the Car Marks anime. Oh, God. Uh, and we watched Streets of Fire. Yeah. Um, Streets of Fire is great. Streets of Fire. Fuck, you're right. I did watch Streets of Fire. The other week, I like swore up and down that I hadn't seen Streets of Fire. And Nick was like, no, you did. You loved it. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And now it's like, now we go back to our podcast and it's like, there's actual like audio proof. (laughs) I watched it and I'm like, oh, fuck. God, I should record all of our conversations. (laughs) (laughs) God. That should not cursed. be your, your takeaway from this. Cursed take. Um, uh, speaking of cursed, I watched the cursed VHS tape. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, or was maybe just before. Um, yeah, and then the pandemic happened. Then the pandemic happened. And uh, it is probably happening again. Mm-hmm. It's still happening. I'm so happy that I'm not the only person that calls it Perse- Omicron Percy I hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, we tried to make uh, watching of uh, Utena a thing. Oh, that God, did not yeah. happen. That no. did not happen. I came up and visited. Uh, yeah. And here we are. Episode trains, 100. Trains. 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 Episode, trains. episode 100. Wow. Yeah. And we saw Bright twice. And we saw, we, we we saw, saw two, Brit- two different Brights. two Brights. Celebrate and another bright. Yeah, second bright. I I still can't believe they're trying to make the bright extended universe a thing. And I I like people keep watching it and like and we that's us. We're people. We're, <laughs> we're the, the people. reason. They're they're like they must really love it. They watched it twice. <laughs> Two people and we're like no, Netflix. No. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone in here uh what like? Oh, I know Elise and I haven't. Alex, have you? Have you tried the the uh, forbidden fruit of the live action Cowboy Bebop yet? I've not. No, okay. not yet. I'm oh, man. I'm really horrified because it looked like it was going to be like bad, but kind of fun bad. Uh huh. Um, and then I found out that they have made the episodes like hour long instead of like twenty minutes. I'm like, how? If okay. you're going to like actually remake episodes of that show, actually, how can you make them an hour long? I don't know. Did you ever I watch mean, the original? Uh, not every single episode of it, because I caught it intermittently on like Toonami or, or Adult Swim or whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I've watched a fair number of episodes, but not in order and that, not. Uh, that is totally fine. Comprehensive there is an overarching plot to that to that show. Yes, but like. Those are not the best episodes of the show. <laughs> okay. The ones that actually deal with the plot. Like, they're good. They're really good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, like, the best ones are just, like, the weird... Like, Cowboy Bebop is, like, an anime that should not work. Because mm-hmm. it is mostly filler. But yeah. the filler is the best shit. Yeah. Um, and, and Samurai Shampoo is like that. But you haven't seen Samurai Shampoo. I, I ha- I've watched bits of yeah. it. Bits of it. Okay. We've all so, seen parts of Samurai yeah. Shampoo. Okay. We were all alive in the early 2000s watching I mean, Tsunami. I didn't watch it in the early 2000s, but... You would shut your whore mouth. I'm sorry. I will stop saying that. That's... No, you won't. My Hanukkah gift here. Hanukkah! Hanukkah! Yeah! And our podcast lasted for... Well, not... One <laughs> way, <laughs> way, 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 way,
but we only had enough content for one. decided to do is we're not going to talk anymore about Virginia politics. We're not going to talk anymore about just what, just whatever random things float into our heads. Although uh, I did watch something randomly this past week, but I don't have to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> Good, because that's what we're doing today. Okay. Today I'm, is... sure, I'm sure nobody else is interested in 1970s Polish films. But, uh... <laughs> oh my God. I might be, but we'll talk off. We'll talk, off we'll talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> so, uh, so what we decided to do kind of in, hopefully in the vein of what our, our fall season will, will sound like in the future. Probably not, but you know, mm-hmm. hope springs eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, like we just fall back into our old ways. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but we've each, we've each prepared a rant. Uh, for you, dear audience member. Uh, prepared is a strong word. I mean, I'm <laughs> busting off a prepared rant that I did years ago. Uh, but yeah. Yes. Um, for for MarsCon. Yeah. For MarsCon, yeah. yeah which we did not we get. we were a guest at MarsCon, and we're yeah. not going to be guests this year. You guys should go, like, yell at them. No, no don't, don't yell, yell at them. them but... No, go support MarsCon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good con. Good yeah. people. But we will not be able to attend this year. Especially not with Omicron, I would assume. Yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, see. Omicron per CIA. Might. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will stop. I this. don't know what that's referencing, but oh, you keep Futurama. saying. Futurama. It's Futurama. Okay. They, they're, there's a group of aliens from Omicron per CIA, and they're like obsessed with Earth television. Okay. Uh, but like specifically Earth television female. from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Single female lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is like an Ally McBeal knockoff. Uh, it took it, which is like one of my favorite lines, which is very relatable trying to get through playwriting uh, in in theater school, which is, I don't know, <laughs> it took an hour to write. I thought it'd take an hour to read. Like, I swear to God, I, I feel like I told my senior thesis professor the same fucking thing. <laughs> like, oh, goodness. Um, but yeah, he... <laughs> So anyway, they're like uh, they're like just these dumb aliens that want to watch a lot of television, and they're just sort of like a sitcom, like an awful sitcom couple from like the mm-hmm. late '90s, early 2000s, and uh, they they come from Omicron for CIA. So uh, there's like another <laughs> male Omicrons are from Percy I seven, and female Omicrons are from Percy Omicron per CI six. six. <laughs> you know what they say. <laughs> so anyway so now it's like every time somebody talks about omicron i'm just like oh oh deadly virus let's give it a cutesy name mm-hmm. anyway all right we ready so- who wants to go first i feel like you should go last because you're the most prepared okay i can do that uh do you want to set yourself up to go first then yeah that's, that's what it's sounding that's what i'm hearing oh what first yeah but we want you to go first oh fine well okay well first is worst <laughs> second is shitty and then third's the best it's great is that how that goes wait what wait, wait did i say first <laughs> 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 anyway um all right so here is my semi this is not okay okay just kidding this is super prepared and i know exactly what i'm talking about all right have either of you seen hmm. the Diana musical? Things that I cannot stop thinking about 
Have Diana. either of you seen the recording of the Diana musical on Netflix? I, I have seen what you have no. shown me of it. I have not seen anything. I know it exists. What do you know what it's about? Uh, I'm assuming Princess Diana. Yes. Good. Okay. okay. So okay. it is. Yeah. It is a biography musical about Princess Diana's life. Okay. 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 So they did a recording. It is super fucking bizarre because it is um, the LA cast stage recording, but they didn't have an audience. Oh, because of COVID. I guess. Okay. And um, like LA is apparently taken shit like a lot more seriously than the rest of the country. And so they've had like a lot of lockdowns uh-huh. um, and they've had like a lot of like different times where they're just been like, Oh, we're going to suspend like these activities. Um, so that could be the reason why um, mm-hmm. it's very weird because standard practice is to do two live recordings and mm-hmm. then a pickup or touch up recording where you don't have the audience uh, to do things like close up. So it's like how the Hamilton, um, which this is going to tie in later, but how Hamilton on Disney plus was filmed, mm-hmm. um, which was filmed just so we're all like aware was filmed years. And I mean, years before it was released to the public. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But it's pretty standard record, uh, pretty standard practice for big Broadway shows to do archival um, recordings of their productions. Mm-hmm. Basically they'll usually do like two, uh, live recordings kind of back to back with the audience to get that, like the sort of like, not like the a laugh, laugh track. track. Yeah, basically yeah. like a laugh track. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go in and do pickups if they want to have certain close ups. And you have to do that without the audience there because you're literally going to take the camera on stage. Um, a slightly different version would be what the SpongeBob musical did. The SpongeBob musical is interesting because they did it after SpongeBob had wrapped on Broadway. And um, they came in, they ended up giving away, I don't know if they gave away, I think they gave away tickets uh, to just kids. <laughs> and they just did the, they just did the musical. Uh, they did two kind of back-to-back performances. Um, and then they took the best of those two performances and tied it together into one uh, cast, one recording of the show, uh, one live recording of the show. And that's what was aired on Nickelodeon. Um, so right, that's like pretty standard, right? That is not what the Diana musical decided to do. And instead, Diana the musical decided to have no audience. um, And they just did, they just did like the one recording. um, And, and there was like, it was very bizarre because you were literally, it was like you were watching this in an empty theater. (laughs) Because you were literally watching an empty theater, a a live recording of a, of a theatrical Broadway play on with like no audience. You're the only person in there. You are Shia LaBeouf watching the performance. But like, not even like answering like Shia LaBeouf, right? Like, not even like there's no callouts, there's no clapping, there's no laughter, there's no like heavy sobs when she inevitably dies. Like, it's. I mean, that might have just been the quality of the musical. That's true. It was not a great musical. All right, so here's (laughs) here is my thesis statement. Okay, Diana the musical. And Hamilton are in fact the same musical. <laughs> Do tell. So they are. They are in fact the same musical. Okay, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about premise. Okay. Okay. Let's start with premise. So you have Hamilton, very famously about Alexander Hamilton, right? 
Uh, I've never heard of it. I don't know. What oh my god. <laughs> uh, so very famously, it's about you know. So obviously, they're both about real life people. Okay, but that's not where the similarities end. So in addition to both being about like real life historical figures, they're about two people who died tragically died tragically and you could make the argument that they were both murdered right because hamilton gets shot by aaron burr um lady Di lady die gets uh hounded by the press and ultimately causes the car accident which causes her death right mm -hmm. um is there a villain song by a by a taxi cab <laughs> no but by not the taxi cab oh but the paparazzi has ah. a fucking villain song they have two <laughs> two villain songs much of the way that aaron burr has two villain songs oh snap do they yes. give do they give as much pathos to the paparazzi as hamilton gives to aaron burr that is like one of the major differences okay, okay? like you're not like in the in hamilton you're supposed to really understand where aaron burr is coming from you know he gets his two big solos um he truly is the salieri of the american founding fathers <laughs> <laughs> just like how Salieri tried to pack up and create his own Vienna where people <laughs> recognize his genius yeah the Vienna in Texas where <laughs> wanted to start his own country <laughs> so so the paparazzi do not get as much pathos which to be fair is like it's kind of hard to do um so they're both about um, they're both about like figures who uh, fairly beloved historical figures that like died of horrific deaths. Um, they're kind of they kind of both come up from obscurity. Uh, less so with Lady Di because she does she was you know she was born a lady like she was had a title coming into this thing but like nobody knew who she was right. She was like very fond of saying she was a kindergarten teacher. She wasn't. She was a pre-K assistant. Um, but like, you know, like raising themselves up from obscurity to, to work their magic on the global stage. Both had tremendous effects on historical events during their time. And both now have big Broadway musicals <laughs> about their lives. Um the set is kind of similar um, in the way that they both have uh, what are called unit sets in theater. So the sets themselves don't really change. Things are like brought on and taken off to give uh, the sense of like different, what, what different things are happening. Um, they both make interesting use of <laughs> rotating stages. Um, what, what else? Oh, the songs, the songs are weirdly similar. Oh, the songs are weirdly fucking similar. So, um, the opening numbers, uh, so both open with, uh, with characters basically singing and establishing like who these people are, um, and why we should care about them. They also foreshadow what's going to happen to them at the play, right? Because like, uh, Aaron Burr has the line, uh, and I'm the damn fool that shot him. Mm -hmm. uh, Diana's is about like her light growing brighter and then ultimately going out. Um, they both have, oh, gosh, I wish I had prepared more because man, <laughs> they're the same fucking musical 
They're the same fucking musical. You, you said a lot of this stuff to me off microphone, and I know you have way more than this. Uh, far, now so. I'm like panicking. I'm like, ugh. Um, both of both the first acts don't end where you think they're supposed to end. Um, okay. So like I saw I saw Hamilton, um, and I think I talked about it on uh I talked about it on this podcast before, but like we saw we saw Hamilton. Um and I kept thinking that like after the Battle of Yorktown, that that was like the end of the first act. Mm-hmm. I had been listening to this soundtrack for years at this point, and I was like definitely ready to like get up. And then I was like, wait a minute, it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like Diana, the musical, same fucking thing happens is like you keep thinking. So all of this shit happens in the first uh, act. Like in the first act, she gets married. Uh, she meets Charles. She gets married. Um, the paparazzi hounds her. Uh, she gets her first public appearance and everybody falls in love with her. Um, she has Harry and like she has William and Harry both in the first act. And that's not where the first act ends. Nope. Um, she like tries to convince, she tries to commit suicide in the first act. That's not where the first act ends. Like there's this really big, uh, there's this really big moment where she punches through, um, she punches through a mirror. Um, and it's a really cool shot because you, the, they place the camera. Um, so that way she punches and she almost hits the cameraman. Oh man, is it like an apocalypse now where Charlie Sheen actually like did punch the mirror and really cut himself all up and they just kept filming? Well, no, because there are people <laughs> who care about safety uh, on Broadway. Broadway has standards. Um, no, so it's like, you, you. it's a really dramatic moment. That's not the end of the first act. It keeps fucking going and instead just ends with like them getting new clothes. Which is also how the first act. Not Charlie Sheen. Jesus Christ. Sorry. (laughs) Continue. Um, But it's just like also how the first act of Hamilton ends is like he comes out on a new suit, and it's just they just sing about like, and now I'm a successful lawyer in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So. So versus like Diana comes in and like changes a bunch, and she's just like, all right, I'm gonna rise above my circumstances, and I have a bunch of costume changes. So, and that's where the first act ends. So they both have like kind of lukewarm, uh, lukewarm first act well, endings. I guess, I guess they're both like bios about like a people and they have to end with their death. So like the Right, so it's death. like you have to find so like. You like end it on a high note. You got to find a high note somewhere in the middle. Right, mm-hmm. right. And it's like they both, they both die kind of like tragically young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Why Yorktown isn't the, the high note for. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we always assume that it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we assumed that that was the song that was like the midway point of the musical, so, or or the 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 um or the one that the king sings. No, that one comes way too early. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, that one comes way too early. So that's not. But but yeah. So so my familiarity with is... Hamilton is mostly dictated by my familiarity with Slamilton. So fair enough. It's the better version. It is the superior version. Oh, 
They, so, you know, they both died tragically young, so they had to find, like, their weird, like, halfway, what's considered the halfway point of their lives. Um, <laughs> so, I guess it's a costume change. That's how we're going to symbolize this. Mm-hmm. Um, both their second acts open the same fucking way. Okay? Which, okay, so in Hamilton's case, it opens with Thomas Jefferson's coming home. Mm-hmm. And it's our first introduction to Thomas Jefferson, right? who's been played by the same guy who played Lafayette in act one. Um, In Diana, Mm -hmm. we get introduced to Barbara Cartland, who is a romance novelist. She has one scene of the first act and the actress who plays her also plays the queen. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So is the, is this that the queen is moonlighting as a romance novelist? No, they're both real life people. Um, Barbara Cartland is a real woman. She actually was Diana's step-grandmother. But they Um, never see her and the queen in the same room. (laughs) True, right? Like, I mean, you never know, right? Who's gonna know? Um, So they both open with solos by this, like, tertiary character. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're both kind of, like, fun hype songs. The big difference is like Thomas Jefferson is Thomas Jefferson's coming home. So it's a big number to introduce who he is. Um, It's a very much an I am song. So we get to know him as a character as we open the second act, Mm -hmm. um, which is going to focus a lot on the creation of the constitution. Mm -hmm. Um, And the rivalry between Hamilton and Jefferson to a large extent as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) Barbara Cartland, on the other hand, uh, but it is a big, it is a big peppy chorus number with lots of dancing done, sung by a tertiary character, uh, and instead, <laughs> and is propelled, the song is propelled to introduce a new male character who is a rival of sorts. Like Nick just said, Thomas Jefferson was the rival to Ham- Aaron uh, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them. Yeah. Uh, we get introduced to James Hewitt, who did do it, did do it, in our princess's bed. Yes, ladies, lady, and gentlemen, <laughs> we are talking about James Hewitt, who was Diana's longtime love affair. Um, and there, the opening number of Act Two is about how much sex they had. Okay. Uh, when he was supposed to be teaching her kids how to ride horses. There's also, side note, like, if I was doing this with the big, um, with the, like, the cork board and the red strings, I would do, like, a separate, um, like, a separate one off to the side, which there is a conspiracy theory that James Hewitt is actually Harry's uh, father. Because if you look at them <laughs> side by side, like, the timeline kind of lines up. Um, cause they, they had a love affair, like off and on for a really long time. And mm-hmm. like, if you look at pictures of James Hewitt and princess, Prince Harry side by side, they actually look a weird amount of like, um, and it's also like how he got, um, the red hair because like nobody else in the family had red hair supposedly. Mm. So. Uh, Elizabeth the first. Yeah, honey, we're going back like 300 I know. years. Also not, that also not the same also family. Also not the same family. <laughs> yes. Like, so... Um, so it's all about like the love affairs, which then leads into a song about the love affairs that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, what what else? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's such a weird. Gets gets. What, what is, is there a part where the um, with the royal family and the uh, MI six uh, conspire to murder Princess Diana? <laughs> no, but <laughs> <laughs> have you? Do you know about the revenge dress? No, I do not know about the revenge dress. Okay, what is the revenge dress. So, uh. So it comes out, uh, so much, oh, this is another way that they are the same musical. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. It's all coming back to me. Anyway, that's another hit song for the 90s for you. Um, okay, so another way in which, uh, in which these two musicals are alike is both characters are undone by an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the one hand, the yin... In Hamilton is uh, the Reynolds pamphlet. Okay, so somebody's coming up public about an affair and how that ruins or turns over the lives of the characters in the play. So in Hamilton, of course, we have the Reynolds pamphlet, which is when Hamilton comes clean about his affair with Mariah Reynolds um, in uh-huh. order to uh, let people know that uh, he wasn't... Um, committing some sort of like economic fraud because they thought he was committing like land speculation, which would have ruined his position as the the head of the treasury Mm -hmm. um, department. And they're like, Hey, you, you engaged in speculation. And he was like, jokes on you. I was having sex with somebody that wasn't my wife. And they're like, that's not a joke on anybody, Hamilton. I don't know why you would think that. Then he's like, Oh, these guys are going to ruin me. And they're like, no, we're not. He's like, I'm going to write this pamphlet. Um, Another conspiracy off of that is there is a there is a theory out there that uh, uh, Eliza know uh, that he actually was engaging in land speculation mm-hmm. um, and that he wasn't unfaithful to Eliza and that Eliza wrote Mariah Reynolds letters because oh. they very much read like a rich woman's idea of what a poor woman sounds like. And Mariah Reynolds <laughs> came out later and was like, I did not write these. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this man is talking about. And they're like, no, you're a whore. Shut up. But because she was poor, it's like, she doesn't have any recourse to like fight against it. So that's like another, like put a pin in that conspiracy. Um, is that the reason why she burned her letters? So that and that's could... a lot of people think that that's the reason why she burned her letters is because if you had found the letters, then you would have found that uh, they, they read the they same, read the same, or that they, they have the same handwriting. Do, do and they talk about how much a like, banana? Oh, no, you really actually were like an economic fraud. What was do that? They actually, do they talk about like how much could a banana cost, right? Cost. <laughs> <laughs> what could a pineapple cost, Alexander? Ten dollars. <laughs> you know about that, like Aaron Burr writing about how he spent like twenty twenty five dollars or something on a on a pineapple, oh. like an ass. <laughs> anyway, so so that is the yin to Diana's yang. Which is the fuck you dress. The actual title of the song being fuck you dress. That is the actual title. Okay. It's just called the dress. Um, And so basically what happens much of the way that Alexander Hamilton comes public about his affair with Mariah Reynolds, Prince Charles decides to come public with his affair uh, with Camilla Bell's. Um, mm-hmm. who ends up being 
it sucked. You watch this musical and you're like, man, they did Diana dirty. Like, fuck these people. They don't deserve to be happy. Um, <laughs> they also don't deserve to be happy for, you know, because they're colonizers, but whatever. Yeah. No, you say it with the A. So that way it's only bad if you say it with the <laughs> Colonizers. Um, yeah. I saw that on Twitter. I'm just uh, repeating yeah. a joke that I heard on Twitter. Um, so. Also, the queen is totally dead right now. As of today. Oh, wait, what? No. No, not no, not 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 confirmed. But like oh the, the queen's been dead for like a week now. That's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. the new. That's the new phase. That's the new conspiracy. All right, conspiracy. She's, she's gonna. We have like three conspiracies. We'll we'll see her in February as a Debbie Lich. They need time to prepare <laughs> themselves. Yes. All right. We're so, hiding the 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 phylacteries like all over. You, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna say this hot take maybe. Huh? Still better than giving the throne to Charles. <laughs> Listen, after I watching this musical, I 100% agree with you. Um, I did not know a lot about him before this. And now I'm like, yeah, no, fuck this guy. Actually, um, no, but seriously, my, my conspiracy theory is that she that she is actually dead at this point. And they're like, well, the, the when's the uh, when's the assassin ready next? Well, like he's got to take care of like Ghislaine Maxwell uh, this month and then next month. You know. He's got to take off for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So, earliest we can pencil in is January seventh. Okay, yeah. so so we'll say that the we'll they'll see the queen again February, and sometime between now and then we'll just rub Charles out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give it give it to William. Um, which there's also a line in the musical about like mm-hmm. Charles needs to step aside and let William rule. Um, so I mean, the first time there was a Charles that was a monarch, they chopped his head off. So mm-hmm. right, you know, it I could think be it's a pretty for you, buddy. And then the second time. They made him, well, they, you know, he, he was he was all right. He brought the theater back, at least. All right, let know. me bring this home. Sorry. Let me bring this home. Okay. So the final way that they are the same, the same exact musical, is that uh, Prince Charles, you have an, a, a song about a man coming public with an affair, and then you got Prince Charles, who goes on national British television to be like, yup. I fucked Camilla Bowles. And you look at the two of them side by side and he's like, yes, yes, I cheated on Princess Diana because you're a fucking idiot. Why would you cheat on Princess Diana? So he cheats on Princess Diana and in response, what she does, and this is all true, is she decides to go on the on the night uh, that he is going on national television to talk about his affair uh, she gets dressed up in the revenge dress, which is a low cut black skin tight black velvet dress that's low cut, cut in high, like high on the thigh, mm-hmm. low on the chest. Mm-hmm. She looks fucking smoking, basically mm-hmm. to just be like, yeah, fuck you. This is what I look like. You know, fuck you. You cheated on this motherfucker and then just goes out to an art gallery she just got gussied up to just go out to some some little old art gallery and be like oh charles who what's he do- <laughs> that's on tonight <laughs> i was watching coronation street anyway and uh <laughs> which is their their 11 o'clock number so the both 11 o'clock numbers are about uh somebody getting cheated cheated on and going public with the affair so that that really wakes you up, ready ready to go, mm-hmm. and I think that's it. I think that's oh they died. They both at the end, 
There is a song about how they both die tragically. Spoilers. Um, I know, right? Spoiler alert. Uh, for- how do they... I want to know. Okay, so how do they stage the car accident? Like, that's what I want to know. So, what they do with the... They actually... The final, final way in which mm-hmm. Hamilton... <laughs> Hamilton and Diana the Musical are the same musical is they actually have the same closing number. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what happens is... Uh, unlike in Hamilton, we don't really see what happens. Um, instead, she sings a light. She sings a song about being uh, being so excited for her future, mm-hmm. and then we get a bunch of flash bulbs to represent mm-hmm. the paparazzi, and then slowly news anchors come out to tell us the story of what happened to her dad. Right? So, so they don't have like her like running in place with like a pantomime of a. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're too classy for that, um, apparently. Or they didn't have the budget. I don't know. So she said, so "There's like a bunch of these Paris, uh, these Paris tunnels are awfully narrow." <laughs> so they have a bunch of flash bulbs, and then we have all of these other characters and people, important people from her life. Just like in Hamilton, we have important people from his life coming out to sing about the great accomplishments and what happened afterwards and how this all ended. The end. And that, the I think, end. is the final way that Diana the Musical and Hamilton the Musical are, in fact, the same fucking musical. Also, both written by dudes. <laughs> both <laughs> written by dudes. Both both written by dudes. Coda. Okay. Both written by dudes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank That's, you. You're um, welcome. Right, Questions? I, Okay, I was going to ask if I could ask a follow-up question. Uh, yes. Sure, sure. How does Evita figure into your uh, <laughs> timeline here? All right, give me some more red string. <laughs> Add another pot of coffee, and we'll figure this out. <laughs> that also might actually be... Yeah, something. there we go. Let's do but it. Is Evita the same musical? Like, it's Evita... So if this was like... Is- if this was like a triple circle, right? <laughs> Is it just like, any musical that's about a person's okay, it's life? Gotta be about, no, no, no. It's got to be about somebody pretty okay. who dies tragically young okay. and had a significant rival. Whether that was the paparazzi mm-hmm. and some cheating ass bitch called Camilla Bowles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or uh, Aaron Burr. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or the or, people of Argentina. Or the people of Argentina who had legitimate <laughs> grievances against the dictatorship <laughs> that Avita represented. All of these are, are stories about people. They're all political figures. They're all political uh, figures, yeah. yes. They're all tied to, to dictatorships or monarchies. Mm-hmm. Uh, totalitarian governments. Looking at you, uh, colonial constitutional republic of America. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of anti-colonialism, uh, apparently as of today, uh, Barbados is no longer part of the Commonwealth yeah. Nations. <laughs> From their new queen, Queen Rihanna. Uh, no, they're Republic. Yeah. As, oh no! What? Yeah. Bullshit! <laughs> I want S and M to be their new national anthem. <laughs> Let's step shit up. Come on. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna listen. I wanna go. I wanna like. I want to the the next summer Olympics. I want Barbados to win a gold medal or something, and we hear their new national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Disturbia! 
just this very like solemn uh this very like solemn piano rendition of of S and M. Um, Barella. Ella, Ella, yes, Ella. that would be the one. Carmenas is like, no, obviously we're going with Umbrella. <laughs> um, uh, 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 I'm just on the uh, the Wikipedia binge of trying to find out what a Barbados's actual anthem is. <laughs> it's, it's Umbrella. <laughs> and you'll stand under my umbrella, Ella, Ella. That's that's what's gonna happen. I'm okay with this. Are people right. of Barbados, are y'all okay with this? <laughs> All right. Well, that's Barbados today. You know, no. Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and the rest of the Commonwealth yeah. tomorrow. Come on, Canada. Come on, Canada, Australia, Australia New Zealand. Let's Shop let's go. Up. Step yeah. this up. Come on. Let's do it. They uh, killed Princess Di. <laughs> <laughs> That is also another conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> what, that Barbados killed? <laughs> no, that the crown had Princess Diane oh. killed. Oh, no, I, want to Bar- I want to know about the new Barbados conspiracy. <laughs> new Bar- the new- well, it's just that, like, Rihanna. <gasps> Rihanna did it. <laughs> did it. <laughs> she would have been, like, 12 at the time, but okay. <laughs> it's like the, um- no, she didn't kill Princess Di. She got... Uh, Barbados, their independence. Oh, back. okay. Uh, I was thinking it's like the John Mulaney skit. It's like, where were you the night Princess Diana died? <laughs> it's like in my bedroom in America. <laughs> right? Uh, it was eight. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, so, uh, there we go. Yeah. That's, that's my rant. One down, two to go. One down, two to go. Do you mind if we take a quick bathroom break sure sure oh my god we've been going for nearly an hour (laughs) all right whoops pausing the recording and we're back and we're back and we're back all right i guess that means it's my turn now it's your turn it's your turn all right so mine is less of my my cork board has way more strings and pins, I think, than yours. Oh, okay. um, well, so show I want to. Well, fine. <laughs> I mean, yours is very impressive, and there's a lot of like my. I guess mine's more of a, col- a thematic collection of things that I'm noticing. Okay, so you're gonna let me finish. All right, but yes. All right. To begin with, one must imagine Sisyphus poning noobs. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Where are we going? Uh, Tweeter mentioned four balls on the edge of a cliff. So that's you know, <laughs> better than that. Who is the one getting pwned? Yes. Okay. So my my thematic link, the thing that I want to rant about tonight, is the the trend that I am noticing uh, in what I am starting to uh, think of as. Uh, uh, as absurdist video games or, or like existentialist video games. Okay. Um, because I've started, uh, to start with, I kind of, I have gotten back into darkest dungeon. Um, cause the sequel is out and I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it. And I'm like, well, I never played through that first game. Like I bounced, well, I played it and I bounced off of it super hard. I thought I, got you that one. you did and okay. i played it for a bit and i bounced off of it super hard mm-hmm. so now i'm like okay well now i want to go back and play it again now that the sequel's out um and i'm finding myself enjoying it more 
and I'm finding that it is falling into this like loose affiliation of like video game genre that I'm starting to notice a lot of games are falling into. And they're all games that I love. Darkest Dungeon, the Dark Souls games, um, Disco Elysium, uh, Binding of Isaac to a certain extent. Okay. Are all games that instead of focusing on giving the player power and agency, they revolve around you being relatively powerless and ultimately unable to affect anything important. Okay. Um, Papers, please, would be another example. Um, Okay. And I'm just, I'm finding it really fascinating. So Elise came into this with a thesis. I'm coming into this with more of an observation. Oh, I thought you were going to say an antithesis. And then then we're going to have a synthesis. We're doing a dialectic here. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, No, so so mostly I've I've noticed data points. So I want you all to come help me come up with my thesis. Oh, okay. What? You can't. What? This is a college writing studio. I want this to be a dialogue on this one. Oh my God. You're every man that showed up late to a group project that didn't do his shit. And now you want the rest of us to clean up your mess. Look, I'm the cool (laughs) professor. And I just want to rap with you guys for a little bit. Because about- you're hungover and you also didn't do the reading? I'm not hungover. I'm drunk. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to be hungover tomorrow. Pre-hungover. <laughs> you okay? Did that, did that one get you? Come on. It's fine. This is fine. Oh, goodness. <laughs> no, okay. Um, so, I've just noticed this a lot in that, in that a lot of the games that have really kind of sucked me in mm-hmm. these last few years, again, are games that are designed to make the player feel, feel relatively powerless or at least small and, like, inconsequential. Okay. Um, okay provide like very difficult challenges or challenges that ultimately don't really matter. And then once you actually get to the ending, either you can't really affect anything or you're given two equally bad options Mm. Uh, or more equally bad options. Uh, So, I'm going to start this with, I think, the the first game in this series that really got me into this genre, which is Dark Souls. So I, uh, yeah. He hasn't talked about it in a while. This is the I got to get into it. Right it. Episode 100. I got to bring back the old classic, right? Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Boo. All right. So, all his talk about Dark Souls cards, and now he's just cashing them in. At the last I'm, cashing them in. Right. I'm cashing them all in. Here we go. All right. So... So the Dark Souls series opens up, like the first game, opens up with you, Soldier Boy, in prison, <laughs> in in the asylum, in the undead asylum. Okay. And you are busted out, mm. and then and basically, it's it's the meme of okay, here are the controls, 
now go kill God is basically the game. Like literally, literally your objective in that game, um, should you choose to play it all the way to the end, you find, you find your world's version of like Zeus and kill him. Um, and then you're left with a decision. Either you do what everyone has been telling you to do the entire game and link the fire, which if you've been paying attention to the lore as you've gone through, um, is just perpetuating things. Like, it's just like this world is dying. There's no real point to you doing that other than it's going to keep this illusion of the world going for a bit longer. Or you decide to walk away and basically crown yourself king of a dying world like with no light or warmth uh and those are your options and that's after you have completed what at the time was probably one of the most difficult video games to have come out and all of the games uh, all of the dark souls games since then and bloodborne have had some semblance of that of, the, of, of a similar kind of ending where it's like you're given the option of what is better? Which do you prefer to have? Do you prefer to continue to live on in or, or continue to perpetuate this illusory world that isn't really that great to begin with? Mm-hmm. Or do you decide to end it? And be, you know, king of shit mountain for the rest of eternity. <laughs> um, which I think is an interesting, like, it's an interesting way to get the player involved. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of futility that you kind of feel in those games. Like, your first time through and you've been mashing your face against the fucking four kings for like five days straight and you just can't beat them. Uh, And then you finally win and it's like, oh man, I get to get to, I get to progress. I get to move on. And then eventually you get to the end and it's like, well, there's here, here are your options. Um, And I think it's very important that in all of these games, you do have that sense of joy. Cause again, like the, 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 the idea of absurdism, uh, that I kind of referenced at the beginning, like, you know, we, you have to be able to imagine Sisyphus happy is a key part to all of these games. And in fact, uh, Hades, which I would include in this genre, Mm -hmm. literally has Sisyphus as a character and literally has him being like one of the nicest people that you run into during the game. Um, he's just like a chill guy who's like, oh, hey, Zagreus, it's great to see you. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Sisyphus, not, not pushing your boulder right now, I see. Like, no, no, I'm taking a little bit of a break. Don't let anyone see me now. Like, <laughs> the fact that that's in there makes me feel like this is in some way intentional. That, that these game designers who have created, uh, all of these games are kind of linking into a similar idea. Mm-hmm. Um, like the fact that Disco Elysium, I think was w- like on everyone's like top 10 list last year in terms of, you know, game of the year. 
I think shows that like there's something in the zeitgeist right now making these things really popular. Is the thing climate change? Maybe. I mean, that's kind of what I was going to like post to you guys with this. Mm -hmm. Like what, what is this? What, what's making Mm. this? Is it just the fact that everyone that's kind of grown up, like literally like has never known a time without video games is now making video games. And so the art form itself is maturing. I mean, we'd have to look at who's making those games. Like dark souls is been out a while now. Yeah. It's been out for about a decade. Yeah. So, but like, I don't know. I think that like, there is a certain, uh, nihilistic streak amongst mm-hmm. people these days. But um, it's not nihilistic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing that I want to make clear about these, is that they're not nihilistic. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to Dark Souls, because it's the, the one that I, 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 I've been thinking the most about. All of those games have some sort of element of, like, joy in them and, like, fun there's always NPCs who are just like fun, chill people. Uh, and they're almost always one of the first NPCs that you meet. Uh, and they'll like help you out. Like, like Solaire in dark souls one is the example that I think of um, where he is just this, you know, Oh, Hey, well, we're on the same path. We should help each other out. Mm-hmm. And, and like just the fact that they give all of their these characters their own kind of unique laugh um in spite of all of this and they're not like some of them are kind of sad laughs like gray rat in dark souls 3 uh kind of has a, a more melancholy laugh but it makes sense for his character but then you have people like uh solaire and sigvard and sigmire um who are just like genuinely jolly happy guys most of the time even though they all have really sad storylines like the culmination of all of those storylines is really sad unless you know how to save uh solaire which involves like going through a certain illusory wall joining a covenant ranking up a certain amount in that covenant before you advance down to a certain point of the game finding a secret door that being a member of that covenant at that level opens and walking through there before you beating a certain boss. Like most people on their first playthrough will have Solaire die because it is so like convoluted to find him. But then if you are able to do that, he's there with you at the very end. You can summon him for the final boss fight. Um, but all these other characters, if you follow their storylines through, they do ultimately have sad endings, but they're very happy people throughout it. Um, same with Disco Elysium. I, have you played Disco Elysium through yet, Alex? I started it. I've not finished okay. it. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. I just haven't had a chance to, to get back into it. I, I, I kind of want to go. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I keep falling into the old, like, oh, I could play Disco Elysium or I could play, I don't know, like... Uh, Civilization Five for the four hundredth time. <laughs> or, <laughs> um. I I kind of want to go back. Like I'm really. That's part of the reason why I had this rant in mind this this week 
mm-hmm. is I've been thinking as the weather has been been getting colder and it's mm-hmm. getting closer to the time of year that I played through Disco Elysium the first time. Mm-hmm. It really wants to makes me want to go back and play through it again. Okay. Um, so I think we should do that. I think you and I should both play it and discuss discuss what our playthroughs look like um because i don't think that game is really nihilistic either like it's depressing it's Mm -hmm. maybe fatalistic Mm -hmm. because like i don't want to spoil the story for you but like you get to the end and i i don't imagine that our protagonist police officer has much of a way of an ability to change the systemic problems that are facing Repishol. No. And that's like a large part of it. Cause when you find Mm -hmm. out who is responsible for it, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of the political path that your character chooses, Mm-hmm. this guy makes you feel like shit because you're still not doing enough. And mm-hmm. ultimately the point is like, this guy's not doing it anything either. Like his reasons for doing the, the, the murder that set off the beginning of the game are completely unsatisfactory um, and have really nothing to do with any of the systemic problems. Like it's just, it, it is very much like, like neo-noir, kind of life and death are ultimately kind of meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at the same time, Disco Elysium is such a joy filled game. Like there's so much that you can do in that game. Nothing that revolves around the main story, but all of the stupid bullshit that you can get involved with along mm-hmm. the way um is what makes some random person's ball and throwing it in the river right yeah throwing that guy's ball in the river um telling the mailbox that they're a good mailbox Mm -hmm. um like hyper focusing on the idea of i need to find the perfect song to sing at karaoke Mm -hmm. uh Uh, helping to make the disco dance club in the old rundown church All of these things, all of these things are just like amazing little vignettes. Um, Deciding to help the cryptozoologist, which I think is the best storyline. And again, when you play it, Alex, if Mm -hmm. you do nothing else, I'm begging you to follow the cryptozoologist storyline all the way to the end. Because the payoff for that is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like all of these other things like really do add to it. And so I think I'm, I'm coming to my thesis, which is these games are creating a philosophy or at least they're reflecting a philosophy that I feel like is very important um, to me at least. And I'm sure to many other people of our generation, which is ultimately that the end doesn't matter. Like where you wind up, does it matter? Cause really we're all going to wind up the same way at the end, but it's the stuff you do along the way. That's actually important. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and it's the struggle to get there. That's important. Um, that not giving up, not going hollow to, to use the, the terms of dark souls. Um, because ultimately that's really the only fail state in the souls games is giving up Mm -hmm. Uh, like those games are designed where it's like, yeah, you're gonna lose. You're gonna die. 
And sometimes you're going to die from absolute bullshit. Like there is some straight up nonsense in those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Souls 1, getting into on, on Orlando the first time and like not knowing those fucking knights with the, the uh, Dragon Slayer great bows are there and just getting knocked off of a fucking bridge after one hit and dying. Like that is some bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. Fighting the stupid bed of chaos is some bullshit. Uh, but the idea is you, you know, yeah, you take that bullshit and you come right back and you try it again and you keep trying it until you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you give up the game, if you stop, like within the lore of the game, if you stop playing, you become a hollow. Mm-hmm. You become like one of these, like the shambling husks of people like just kind of wandering around. So with- if you stop playing, you become a hollow. If you beat the game, you either recycle the shit or you end the shit. Yeah. And ending. So are you saying that the only winning move is not to play? <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> but then you still become a hollow. I, again, I, I think if, if you, I mean, I guess in in a certain respect, you're right. Uh-huh. But I mean, if we're looking at it as a metaphor for life, which I think Dark Souls we can all captures agree. captures the, the an element of the human experience that I I think is very important. And I think all of these games do. Again, like mm-hmm. um, again, that's why Hades I think has gotten so popular. Um, other than just you know the big gay energy from all of the Greek gods mm-hmm. um, in that game. Uh, I and think, in Greek mythology. And in Greek mythology in general, but that game really harnesses it like big time. Uh, I think the, the popularity of Disco Elysium, where it's just like, okay, if you rush from point A to point B, you could probably beat that game in like no time flat and have no time, no fun at all. But if you let every weird thought that crosses the players of uh, the player character's mind, mm-hmm. like, and just follow it to its logical extreme, you are going to have so much fun playing that game. Mm-hmm. Even though the ending is depressing as fuck, you will laugh so hard. You will have so much joy from that game. Um, Binding of Isaac, again, kind of to a lesser extent, but still Binding of Isaac, if you... You know, if you do get to the end, your congratulations, your uh, reward is getting to kill Isaac's mother, who's trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, hooray. How yeah. joyful for you. How nice. Mm-hmm. But again, that game is like fun and it like it's funny. Um, or mm-hmm. uh, Darkest Dungeon, which again, to kind of that, that started this whole thing up, like Darkest Dungeon it, it, I think is the one that's like the hardest to kind of fit into this category because God does that game or, um, or uh, papers please. Mm-hmm. Cause both of those games are like almost anti games where it's like, yeah, you you're, you're doing mechanics like this is a game, but mm-hmm. I mean, darkest dungeon is fun. But it shouldn't be. <laughs> Just like Papers, Please is kind of fun, but it's it's it shouldn't be. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's a lot of, like, 
dour, grim, but you just kind of want to push on to like find out what happens next, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that one don't they, they don't fit as well into my thesis as I thought that they did. But I do sit maintain Disco Elysium, Hades, uh, the Soulsborne games, all of these kind of fit into this category. And I'm sure there are other ones that I just haven't but also, played yet. But also, like, if you've played through the different endings of Papers, Please, like, there are, like, like yes, the storyline is there, and, and, like, you can do things, but the way that you do things is to not do what the instructions tell you to do. Mm. And to, like, you know, by, by letting certain people pass and taking a bad score on something you can affect the the world around you. So I don't know if that fits in anyway. Yeah. Or like, but. I mean, that, that kind of fits in with like, have you played the Stanley Parable? Uh, yes. Yes, I have played. The At least have you played? The, I know I bought that for uh, you. Did you ever play it? Is that the one with you play as like a square? No. no. That's, <gasps> but that fits in with this too. Thomas was alone. Oh, Thomas was alone. I played Thomas was alone. No, I have played part of the Stanley Parable. And um, it's kind of like a... a Who's the guy that plays Stephen Toast? Matt Berry. Matt Berry is sort of narrator. Yeah, I don't think it's Matt Berry, it's but not, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, you have the narrator telling you what to do, and if you and just kind of... And then if you just, like, go rogue and don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one was fun. That one was fun. Um, yeah, I think Thomas Was Alone is another... I think you were confusing it with Thomas Was Alone, because I think there might that might be narrated by the same person, actually. Yeah, I played them at the same time. Too. Yeah. Um, have you played Thomas Was Alone, Alex? I've not, no. That game is really good. That game made me cry. Okay. <laughs> um, to be fair, it is not hard to make Nick cry. No, but it is also a game about little squares that jump around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I got I got super emotionally invested in that little square. Uh, he tried so hard. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a puzzle platformer where all the characters are just like basic geometric shapes. And the, the first one is a little square named Thomas and Thomas was alone, but then Thomas wasn't alone. He found all these friends and all of the little geometric shapes do these different things to help you through the puzzle platforming. Mm -hmm. So like Thomas can just kind of jump and that's it. But then you find other friends and like, well, this friend can like hover in midair and like, this friend can like be used as a bridge. And I'm trying to remember what some of the other ones yeah. were, but like they all have these different abilities to help. And, he, and the goal is to get all of the little geometric shapes to the goal for each level mm-hmm. using all of their abilities. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super cute and very fun. Nice. Um, Apparently both games are not in fact voiced by the same person. Oh, okay. They they are very they have very similar kind of narration styles though. They yes. both have British, British. accents. Mm. Yeah. Yes. yes, they have similar styles. British. British. Well, um, but it's also just you know the way that oh Stanley got up from his desk and walked yeah. out the door. Stanley oh. Parable is narrated by someone uh, Kevin Brighting. Okay. And uh, Thomas was alone was narrated by Danny Wallace. Okay. Okay. It's been a while since I've played them, so I, I don't really remember that well what the voice actors sound like. But yeah, they have fa- fairly similar, like, the way that they're narrating the story. All right. Alex, do you want to take us home with the last uh, rant? Is Nick done? Are you done, Nick? I think I'm done. I don't know. I, I think about okay. now that I got to my conclusion of basically just 
I think there's something in in the zeitgeist right now mm-hmm. um, of I, I think it's I think the thing is that we are not as motivated as like previous generations about like we have to meet these certain goals and these certain expectations. It's more of like the things that we find for ourselves and mm-hmm. like do for ourselves. Um. And I'm I think that's disagree, like a soft disagree. Okay. If that's okay. Okay. Because I don't think that necessarily, like, I think it's true. Like what you're saying about these games representing this aspect of the human experience. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know if that's a, a, a large enough sample size to draw a conclusion about the games industry or about everything in general. No, I, these I, are games that you enjoy and yeah. i think that that says you know something about what you enjoy and what you are kind of drawn to right but i as I, opposed to all the games that are made in the world because i've definitely played games that are more recent that do not go anywhere near that oh for sure for sure for sure so I, so I think that that is like yes your conclusions are correct but i don't necessarily think that it could be drawn to the entirety of uh the kind of scale that you're i, I think what i'm mostly saying is that for of art form like video games, mm-hmm. which has basically like almost since its inception, at least since the 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 like nineteen eighty five, let's say, like Super Mario Brothers, um, Legend of Zelda coming out, mm-hmm. has kind of revolved around this idea of whoop, uh, sorry, headphones got disconnected by a cat. Oh, all right, there it goes. Um, have kind of revolved around these ideas of like uh, power fulfillment fantasies, mm-hmm. right? Um, that it's interesting that there are now so many games that are coming out that are receiving attention. Like they're not like while there's some of them are indie games like Hades and um, Disco Elysium, they're not like unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like these are all games that are getting major mainstream attention and that large numbers of people are playing and that are that are popular. Like maybe Disco Elysium a little bit less so, but Hades was a fucking huge game. Dark Souls is a huge franchise. Um and I think the fact that so many of these games have been coming out and have been resonating with so many people when they are very like counter to the ethos. I'm not saying that like video games that like, obviously the most power, like most popular ones are still going to be power fantasies, right? Like uh, Halo infinite just got released on PC. That game is super popular. Um, The fucking uh, like far cry games, uh, all the FIFA games, all the FIFA games, all the um the call of the calls of duties mm-hmm. uh all of those obviously are not what i'm talking about here and they're obviously way more popular mm-hmm. but the fact that there are so many games that are ga- garnering a lot of mainstream attention that are the complete opposite of that uh, is what i'm finding interesting and like mm-hmm. obviously this is going to be stuff that i'm going to f- find enjoyment with cuz i like weird shit right mm-hmm. i like seeking out weird things that aren't necessarily 
going to be the most popular things, right? I am the jonkler, and sometimes I dip my my fri- French fries in ice cream. You cannot comprehend <laughs> my mind. Um, <laughs> but but I, I get it. I get that my my tastes are not always going to be to like the what the mainstream. What I'm saying is that I find interesting is that so much of this stuff is getting more popular. And, and that I think that that is the thing that I find interesting, that it's clearly tapping into something that a lot of people are feeling and that the uh, like our um, video games are a very unusual art form for expressing that kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it interesting that so many of them are and that they are getting this much attention. Does that does that make more sense? A bit, a bit. Okay, like it's not it's not that I think all games are doing this or that everybody feels this way. I just find it very fascinating that it seems to be something that is so common. And I'm sure we're going to be getting more of them. Like, again, uh, I've been hearing a lot about Darkest Dungeon 2. Uh, um, the, the people who made uh, Disco Elysium, I think, are hard at work at a new game. So... We'll see what that turns out to be. Um, Elden Ring is about to come out next year. They got fucking George R. R. Martin to help make the world for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, yeah, they're topping into these, and 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 they got him on board when people still liked Game of Thrones. So like that was back when that meant something. Um, so the fact that it, there's so much of this that is like meeting that kind of feeling of yeah, 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 where you wind up. It doesn't really matter because like the ending is going to suck. So just kind of enjoy the ride while you're on your way. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, just, yeah, do the stupid bullshit, do the stupid side quests. Those are the actual fun things. Those are the actual, like that being, especially the message of disco Elysium. Mm -hmm. Like who cares about the mystery? Fuck that mystery. It it does not have a satisfying ending, Mm -hmm. but Man, if you go and you and you set the bait in all the cryptozoologist traps, holy shit, you're going to have a great time. Do you want to wear this same hideous necktie the entire time and talk to it? Congratulations, you're in for a ride. Like, are you going to be, like, absolutely focused on uh, doing a uh, karaoke night? Yeah, man, like, you, you sing your heart out and it's Chances are it is going to be absolutely terrible, but in the event that it's not, it's going to be great. <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. I don't know. Gotcha. I, I think, I think I have reached my conclusion at this point. Okay. Okay. So that will turn out to be less of a dialogue and more of a, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. So, so let's move on uh, to the final, um, the final, the rant final of the bit. Evening. The final rant of the evening. Before we do that, I need to take another bathroom <laughs> break. All right. Uh, I will be right back. And we're back. All right. If if we had ads, those would be perfect times to put ads. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do not have ads. Um, Look, it's I, the we... final rant of the all I'm just gonna yeah. say is we could pitch the shit out of some Blue Apron. Cast- no, we can't. We're really pissed off at them right now because oh, our box true. is missing. That's true. Oh snap! Someone's eating your food. All yeah. right, Hello Fresh, get at us. Come on. 
Some, some raccoon is enjoying the best goddamn week's worth of food in their life. Listen, we paid extra for that stupid burger, so if that's a fucking raccoon. <laughs> All it right. can get into my trash cans, but it needs to get out of my blue apron. All right. All right. It's the final rant. Final rant. I am going to bring back uh, something that we did on MarsCon a couple years back. It was MarsCon 2020, wasn't it? 2020, it was. So, do y'all remember? Do you all remember this? Yeah, I do. Uh, More or less. More or less. This was 2019. This was Was 2019? 2019? Yeah, because this was before I, I came out. Oh yeah. yeah, true. And so yeah, so I was still boy moding at the time, and it was really awkward. Um, but yeah, so what I y'all can actually up- access this on oh, Google God, Slides. No! No. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have you pull it up on your computer too. Oh, I'm God. gonna next slide this shit. Uh... <laughs> um, because because there are some, and and there will be a test later on. No. no! Um, <laughs> I want to cheat. Uh, <laughs> so, it's open notes, right? Uh, yes, it's open notes. Okay, good. All right. I'm underscoring because I haven't gotten the... the... <laughs> uh, so, good thing so I this... never fucking delete anything from my from my drive. Nope. This is this is gonna be there, and and I don't know if we want to take certain stills from this because like I spent a bit of time on this, like I put memes in there and shit, <laughs> uh, very dated memes oh, at this I was point. Say, oh, 2019 memes! I can't wait. <laughs> Did boy make it in? Oh my god, I'm looking at it and it's like a lot of shit from grad school. Oh, I need to go to our shared. Yeah, that yeah, go happen. to the 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 some nerds uh, some nerds have an email at gmail.com. That's right. You can follow us and send us any fan art, fan notes, any any messages you want to get at us. Either DM us on Twitter uh, at uh, we have a nerdcast on Twitter, or send us an email at some nerds have an email at gmail.com. Um, this is my plug for our social media interaction that no one has ever actually done. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still send it out into the void anyway. One day someone might. One day, someone might, and that someone is going to be someone who is asking us about if we want to sign up with their record company. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, why don't we, though? <laughs> All right. Do you have I, the slide up? Uh, I'm is trying. It... My computer is very slow. Uh, okay. All right. All right. We're here. We're All queer. Right. We're looking we... at Wizarding Czechoslovakia. Wizarding Czechoslovakia. So, um... Did you just sniff? Did you what? just fucking sniff? Have you not been hearing me blow my nose this whole night? I have been having allergies for months now. I I did the Zizek sniff earlier, but no one knows (laughs) when I did it, so I didn't make a deal of it. it. Anyway, so Wizarding Czechoslovakia. All right, next slide. Uh, So what is this about? So what are we talking about? Why am I talking about Czechoslovakia and the wizarding world, which is what they call the the grand universe of the Harry Potter. So what is this? Czechoslovakia, uh, if you may not remember, was a country in Central Europe that lasted from October 28th, 1918, after the end of the First World War, until January 1st, 1993, uh, the beginning of the year that I was born, uh, 
with a brief uh, intermittent state where it was occupied by Nazi Germany during the war. Uh, and then after the war, it was in the Soviet sphere until the Velvet Revolution of 1989. So what does that have to do with any of the Harry Potter? Well, Harry Potter books are set apparently from 1991 to 1997. Which is just the excuse that J.K. Rowling <laughs> came up with for why the world didn't feel like the modern world when yeah. the final books were coming out. But whatever. Whatever. But as a result of that, you end up with a brief period of a few years where Czechoslovakia still exists during the period of time where Harry Potter, the first book or the first two books are set. So what was it like to be a wizard in the land of the Czechs and the Slovaks? Next slide, please. <laughs> Turn the page. Ding. No, really don't leave. <laughs> so this is about the fact that the wizarding world of Harry Potter makes, makes no sense. It does not connect to the Mickle world at all. Um, <laughs> next slide, please. <laughs> Oh. So, all right. So, according to J.K. Rowling, Turf Queen of Turf Island, um, <laughs> there are supposed to be 11 schools in the entirety of the Wizarding World, right? Which makes no sense. Yeah. Would you like to, to list these off, Elise? Hogwarts in the UK, Bobatin yeah. in France, <laughs> Drumstrong in Northern, quote unquote, Northern Europe. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Can we just sorry? Drumstrong is the dumbest fucking name. Why, why, is, it why is that? Drumstrong. Drumstrong. Yeah, what, I know. That's why it's about? like like. Listen, we all took sophomore English, Nick. We all know what she's referencing. Yeah, I know. That's why it's dumb. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Um, Ilvermorny in the Eastern U.S. I think it's supposed to be in Massachusetts. Or it's supposed York. to be in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. Um. Castle Brujo? Brujo. Brujo in central Brazil. Which I think Brujo means like witch or something like that. Mahatokoro in Japan. Uagado in Uganda. And Koldovstoretz in Russia. Yes, thank you. Wait, where did the Italian kids go? Northern Europe. (laughs) Why don't they get... What? Where is the Italian Academy the for Italian? the witches and wizards? The Italians got a whole other set of hand signals when they cast the spells. <laughs> Can I make it some spaghetti? Fly out of my wizarding stick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Do you expect to go to the same school as the Sicily students? Yeah. I, sorry. I just want to go. I just want to go back. So Castle uh, Castello Brujo mm-hmm. basically means wizard castle. Yeah. <laughs> um and and Bobaton mean I, I think means beautiful wand. Okay. So basically just like like JK Rowling that- sucks in all languages. It's kind of the point I, know- I want to make. <laughs> I know that ma- Maho in, in Japanese is like magic. Like like Mahoka is like it's it's yeah like the Maho Sojo series like his magical girl shows so like that I know is magic I don't know what the other half of it is um but anyway so we have 11 schools eight of which are known their location which means that there are three schools that we don't know the location of in the 1990s the world population was around 5 billion 
Now, this changed, of course, but around, around about 5 billion people. Uh, according to the source material, there are about, or the source material being J.K. Rowling's Twitter, I'm assuming, um, <laughs> there are 10 times as many muggles as wizards, which may put it around the average of about 500 million wizards worldwide. Um, which uh, is in contrary to another statement made by uh, the Turf Queen, which is that Briz- uh, Britain's wizarding population is about 3,000. Which also makes no sense because there's like at least like 400 kids studying at Hogwarts at any given time. Mm-hmm. So like you're telling me that like a sixth or like a fifth of the population is just in school at yeah. any given point. And then and then you have like like who's given all these kids? You've got you know what I mean? you've like, got like three fifths of the population working as uh bureaucrats? as bureaucrats, and then the rest are cops. No this makes yeah. no sense. No, it does not make sense. And it makes even less sense if you think about the fact that the total British population at the time was around uh, fifty seven million uh, four hundred thirty eight thousand. Okay, so would it ten percent of that be about six million? So shouldn't there be six million British wizards? You would think so. Like, However, shouldn't Hogwarts be like way fucking bigger? It should be. However, because of this, apparently the wizarding population of Britain is only and not it's not the the ten percent. Uh, it's only the point zero zero five percent of the yeah. British population. So are there like pop, like countries with larger populations? Man, hold on, no, wait, spinoff idea, spinoff for Harry Potter, <laughs> like unofficial spinoff that someone should write. Uh-huh. Okay, like there, I know that they're saying, well, oh, it's it's the only school in the UK, but like, what if it were the only like quote unquote like public school, you know, like the, the only like boarding school mm-hmm. in the UK, and then the rest are just like actually like publicly funded day schools, like in the inner city. I oh mean, there was there, there was, was a Keith Peel Yes, the Keith Peel sketch. Like Hogwarts is rated number one. Yeah. Like you remember Oh, I love that sketch so much. You remember you remember that Wizarding fuck- drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that uh the the season of Doctor Who where Clara was a teacher? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you remember the school that she taught at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but give those kids magic powers. That's I, that's what I want to see. Little fuckers and be like, "Oi, face. I'm not turning in my homework. I am." <laughs> I do also like the yeah no <laughs> that that might that might help that might make more sense but no it's just okay. we don't talk about those no, wizards you know I mean, it kind of makes sense because it's like she's she's very classist yeah I mean in addition to like being a turf um, mm-hmm. surprise yeah. surprise she's not she, great she's shitty on a lot of different <laughs> levels and that shittiness it, like. It, it, permeates. Like, it permeates every single like pore in the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so if they aren't in Britain, you know, these wizards must be somewhere. And one would presume, like you say, that they're in countries that have large populations, like, you know, people's Republic of China, you know, India, but there aren't for these population, like hotspots, they don't have schools listed. Like maybe they're one of the three that aren't listed. But you would think that China and India would have some place for their wizards. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, Chinese kids are totally going from, like, like you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then going to, like, cram school and, yeah. like, learning a whole bunch of different charms. 
<laughs> they're all they're all going to that one school in Japan, obviously, because yes, Chi- because China, Chinese and Japanese are the same culture, right? Oh They've never <laughs> famously get along. They get along uh, super duper well. Also, mm-hmm. the Philippines, also Laos. Also, yeah. Cambodia. Look, in in yeah. the Harry Potter world, absolutely nothing happened in Nanking during the 1930s. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> it was totally fine. It was all good. It's it it's the same reason why Irish students go to, to Hogwarts. Right. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that later. So, next slide, please. <laughs> all right. Uh, if we had a Patreon, we would make this like free for Patreon. Yeah. So why is the Wizarding World hidden? Well, there is apparently, according to the source material, an international statute of wizarding secrecy, um, which was signed in 1689 and established in 1692. Um, now, despite now the, those dates are interesting. I, th- I think it has to do with like the, was it the, the witch trials? That we're going on, probably. Yeah, yeah that sounds I, about right. I think that's what's going, what, what's being referenced there. Then basically was that like before that point, wizarding was allowed open, you know, freely, and then after that point, it's like, well, people are, you know, cracking down on us. We gotta go into hiding, despite the fact that like the late 1600s was like the tail end of like the witch hunting craze. Yeah, um, yeah. Like when you, you ba- think- Maleficarum was written like a hundred years before that, right? Yeah, yeah, like like you would think that they would start doing that before then, but no. Yeah. Um, hey, you have to have a reason why people know who John D is, okay? Because <laughs> so, he's a character. He's like he's he's important in the Wizarding World, right? Like, is the, he? I think he is. I like, I think know. there's shit about him on at like least the Harry. You're the expert. I don't. I don't remember this at all. I don't know what Nick Hold is on. talking about. Okay, okay. so John, John, John D was an actual person. He was an advisor to Queen Elizabeth the first. Yeah. Um, but he was also allegedly like a sorcerer. Yes. Um, so let's see. So John D. Uh, in Harry Potter. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Harry Potter wick, uh, wiki. Mortlake, home to John D. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Apparently, Mortlake is the like where he's from, and it's a thing in Harry Potter. Hmm. Um. Let's see here. Whoa, hold up. Wait. Oh. Uh-oh. We have new <laughs> We might have new information, Alex. Hold on. Oh, snap. Uh Mortlake was a British wizard who kept ferrets. Okay. In 1992, a Ministry of Magic raid on his home confiscated his ferrets because they appeared to have experimental charms placed on them. Okay. So uh, it's just the name of the place. Where yeah, came but Mortlake was the, the home to John D, a okay. mathematician, astronomer, astrologer, alchemist, and advisor to Queen Elizabeth I. Okay, um, so it's just like a, a, a sly little reference. I thought that there was more yeah. involving John D in in Harry Potter, but I might be misremembering. I'll, I'll continue to research. You you continue with the presentation. Gotcha, gotcha. But anyway, so so like. So basically, up to that point, wizarding was allowed free and open. You could cast all the spells you wanted. Apparently, no one was going to get on your back about it, except maybe the the humans that were non-wizards, the muggles, uh, who would uh, maybe, you know, burn you at the stake or or hang you at the neck. Um, Now, 
it's called the International Statue of Wizard Secrecy, despite the fact that, like, it, the international legal system doesn't really exist in, like, the late 1700s. Uh-huh. Like, the idea of, like, international treaties are, are still more the kind of monarchs making decisions about, you know, what their state is going to do on, like, a personal basis. Um... But, like, you know, whatever, it's fine. Maybe the wizards are ahead of the curve. Uh, and it might seem like a long time ago, but, like, this is still the early modern era. Like, like this is after Shakespeare. Like, this is not all that long ago in the grand scheme of human history. So let's take a look at the place where J.K. Rowling is most familiar, Western Europe. So ne- next slide, please. Okay. Okay. So in Western Europe, there are two or three schools, depending on how you count it, right? There's uh, Hogwarts, there's Beaubaton, and there's uh, Durmstrang, uh, if you count Northern Europe as Western Europe. Um, so you have Irish uh, students. We kind of talked, I kind of mentioned that briefly. You got I- Irish students at Hogwarts. Uh, if you're not familiar with Ireland in the early 90s, oh boy, uh, you may not be familiar with this time called the Troubles that was coming to an end around then. I, I don't know. Like, on I, a <laughs> secondary note, you should definitely watch Jerry Girls this if you want to yeah. get more information about this time period. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of uh, sectarian violence and a lot of. Uh, you know, strife going on at that point between Ireland and the UK. I don't think any any Irish students that are going to Hogwarts have got to be Unionists. Like, they are 100% Protestant Unionists. Um, which makes sense, because it's Hogwarts. Okay, um, is, are there such things as Catholic wizards and Protestant wizards? Or do, or... Oh my god. Would the they be against each other? No, that's like why there's only like three or four Irish kids in all of Hogwarts is because the rest of them all are the other like... ones, all the other ones killed each other. No, no, no. it's like the rest of no, the rest of them are being homeschooled, learning how to make pipe bombs. Like <laughs> that's what's going on. Or, or alternatively, if they are, if they are in Catholic families, like we'll have none of that black magic in this household, <laughs> young and Thomas. Like, <laughs> like they're just but like. They just get but it. it's something your grandfather had. Ah, no. <laughs> no, but it's like, but, but they celebrate Christmas at Hogwarts. They do. They they're Christian wizards, like right. Which makes also no sense, but okay. Or uh, they culturally celebrate Christmas. It's very confusing. I, Except I there's supposedly one Jewish kid, and she put him in Ravenclaw, which is like the smart house. Okay. Anyway. Just look at the size of his skull. <laughs> J.K. Rowling bust out the calipers. Alright, we gotta look, we gotta keep going. We gotta all, keep the right. Look, moving. all she's saying is if she were racist, would she acknowledge that Askanani Jews have higher IQs oh than God, white people? Stop. We cannot let this would episode. She... We are getting closer and closer to like banning ourselves from the internet now. <laughs> Look, I mean, she did make those uh, those goblins, right? Yeah, the banking goblins. Oh God, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Spain, Italy, Netherlands, France. Or France has one, but Netherlands, Belgium, no schools. No, not at all. You got to go to either France or the UK. 
Um, I mean, Belgium is basically just tiny France, right? Yeah. Half of it, but the other half is tiny Netherlands. Like, That's even right. tinier Netherlands. Tinier Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, where do all the, like, the Finnish kids go? Yeah, presumably Durmstrang. That's yeah, the, the northern, northern Europe, obviously. Oh my god. I do not believe for a second that, that the little tiny Finnish kids and, like, the Icelanders are going to fucking Durmstrang. I don't know. Uh, Finns will fuck you up, man. Like, Sona is okay. <laughs> Alright, so maybe they're being homeschooled, but, you know, who knows. Um, anyway, so another thing about Western Europe is that apparently in the books... Uh, the Prime Minister knows that wizards exist. Yes. Um, yes. The Prime Minister at this time was a man named John Major. Um, do any of you know anything about uh, Mr. Prime Minister John Major? Nope. I, I know the name. I okay. think there's a punchline to him, but I honestly don't remember what it is. The man is a walking punchline. I mean, yeah. you can see his face in this uh, this post here. Like you, He looks like a very doughy man with giant glasses. He's basically the British version of George Bush Sr. He, he um, looks a little bit like Stephen King, but like <laughs> a little bit whiter and like his glasses aren't quite as thick. Yeah. Um, he's essentially the the conservative prime minister that kicked uh, Margaret Thatcher out, um, but not because he wanted to be less like Margaret Thatcher. He wanted to be more like Margaret Thatcher than Margaret Thatcher wanted to be. Like, he's day. the one responsible for the privatizing of the rail lines, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Like, even Thatcher wouldn't touch that shit. Um, so, fuck that guy. <laughs> but it knows about wizards, apparently. So, someone ask him. Someone go up to his house and ask him. Like, you know, this is this is an actionable threat. Talk to John Major and ask him about oh wizards. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. So, Hogwarts is apparently in Scotland. Am I correct in that, Elise? Yes, you are correct in okay. that. That is correct. All right. So around the time that the whole Wizarding Secrecy you know, Act was signed, you have these little things called the Jacobite Uprisings going on in Scotland. Yes. Uh, which are you know risings amongst the Scots to overthrow the British and reinstate Bronny Prince Charles and his ilk uh, as the King of Scotland. Yes. Did the Scottish wizards get involved with this? Did they mind having, you know, their only school in the entire United Kingdom be in this kind of rebellious, faraway province? Is this a thing that comes up? Uh, you mentioned John D. Like I think that might be why I thought that John yeah. D. had something to do with this, as I remember you talking about him. Yeah, good talk about him. He was, he was, you know, like you said, accused of being wizard. Um, and like before that point, like you have the Protestant Reformation, you've got the wars of religions. Like, are the wizards religious? Like you say, they celebrate Christmas. Did they involve themselves? Do you have like a, a period piece set in the Thirty Years' War where you've got wizards fighting on the Protestants and wizards fighting with Gustavus Adolphus's army and all the rest? Like, is that a thing? Did they involve themselves in Muggle, muggle politics at all? Mm -hmm. I mean, they involved themselves with the Prime Minister, right? So I don't know. You know where do you draw the line? <laughs> See, this is ultimately for me. This is the frustrating thing about like Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. It's like you set this in like a secret version of like the real world mm -hmm. but it's like Wait. well even if you keep it secret there are still huge implications mm -hmm. for there being like magic actually existing in the world a and b even though mm -hmm. this is a secret like other other world right mm -hmm. like sort of parallel to our own like technology still exists 
Right. Like, uh, and it's it's not even just that because it's like it's a secret now, but it wasn't always a secret. Yeah. Like before that point, before like 1698, like it was complete open knowledge apparently that wizards exist, <laughs> or maybe you know it it would not have been illegal for it to be open knowledge that wizards exist. So like. How do you go from that world where, like, people acknowledge that magic is real or can acknowledge that magic is real to a world where it is completely secret and kept hidden? Like, how how do you pair, how do you square the circle with that? Yeah. Um, anyway, next slide, please. So we have my favorite image from the internet. I'm really sorry I can't share this with y'all. Um, but it's uh, Gopnik Henry, uh, Harry Potter. Um, so Eastern Europe, so we've got the entirety of Eastern Europe has one school, uh, Koldovostoritz, or however you want to pronounce it. Uh, you know, Durmstrang is very coded Eastern. Like it's, it's, I think the, the, the main character that's from there is like Bulgarian, right? Yeah. Uh, like Bulgaria, notably Northern European country, Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah. It's only South of, only North of Greece. Um, but anyway, so, uh, in the 1990s, like you've got Russia, uh, is experiencing, uh, the newfound, you know, freedom and independence of, uh, Pizza Hut. Um, <laughs> and Levi's jeans. <laughs> Levi's jeans. Um, and so you've got, like... A very, just, a very just, stable place in the a early very 90s, stable place, right? Saying. Like, like it's it's very much a place that you wouldn't think that you could have a whole bunch of like, like, like a whole bunch of secrets are coming out at that point. Like, were there Soviet wizards? Like, I know the wizards tend to avoid any like public life. Was Rasputin a wizard? Like, or was he just a a, a a pretender? Like, that's that's the thing. Like, you get to all these historic figures. Like, was that a wizard? Was Jesus a wizard? Like, you know, is this true or not? Who knows? Um, and, like, after the 2010s, like, Russia is infamous for being, you know, having a, more dash cams than cars. Like, you know, you're going to see some shit. And I want to be a series like that. I want there to be a series of, like, you know, Russian man driving car sees, like, a, a guy in a broom crash into, a like, a, a lamppost. <laughs> Drunk off his ass at 3 a.m. And, and just uh, like the guy driving the car, like, like does stops. not change his, his inflection <laughs> no. in the slightest. No, he gets out of the car, robs the guy, and then, you know, <laughs> deals with the consequences of that. Like, I want that to be a series. But <laughs> anyway, so so Eastern Europe, kind of slim pickings there. Um, but then we get to the next slide, which is the Middle East. Uh, and the Middle East is... I far, I think far by far one of the places that Rowling did like the most dirty, um, <laughs> because like the Middle East is like the center of learning through the mid Middle Ages and like the early uh, Renaissance. Like in the 1600s, like yeah, like Baghdad, Baghdad, Damascus, uh, Istanbul, like these places maybe not didn't have the same uh, height that they did during the the Middle Ages, but like they were still like major centers of learning and culture and such. Um, and before that point they were so like wizards in the middle East, 
Like, what's all that about in the past? And then in the 90s, like, you've got all the volatility going on there, right? You know, some places like uh, Occupied Palestine, uh, Lebanon, um, you know, this little this little place, you maybe have heard of it, you know, Iraq uh, in the 1990s. Um, so, like, you know, surely wizards living there weren't, you know, being ideal, uh, but it's a, it's a complicated place. Like, you know, places such as, you know, Turkey and Syria in the nineties was actually pretty nice. You know, Egypt, like, like these are places that get ignored entirely. It's as far as JK Rowling is concerned, it's a big desert except for the next slide. Yeah. So oh, I, I want you to describe what you're looking oh, at. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm seeing a picture. It is a reference to I want to say the first chapters of book three. Um, I want to say or it's book two. It's either book two or book three. Um, the Weasleys, who are very generous but very poor, mm -hmm. uh, win a newspaper contest where they get like a thousand dollars or so or like 700 galleons which is i don't know however much money um and they decide to use it to go on a trip to egypt mm -hmm. and oh boy oh god so it's just like the stock a photo i guess that they took of the cast so it's all of the weasleys Mm -hmm. in uh, stereotypical Egyptian garb in front of the pyramids of Giza. <laughs> and it's not just, it's like in front of a stock image of the pyramids of Giza. And then in the midground, there's like other figures of yeah, like Yeah, yeah. And there's locals. like a camel for <laughs> some reason. Um, and it's out of focus entirely with the rest. Like it is yeah, a very yeah, yeah. poorly composed yeah. composition. And They're, this is like uh, the shot that they use in the movie and to be fair i think in the movie they um it's like you only see it very briefly mm -hmm. in like a newspaper and the newspaper is in black and white so i think yeah like, the color image wasn't really supposed to see the light of day can, mm -hmm. can i say what's bothering me the most about this image what's bothering, what's bothering you the most that the sky is also clearly photoshopped in from Yay, another yeah. reference. <laughs> yeah. Like, why didn't you just use the sky in the uh, this actual picture of the pyramids? So it's like an un like an unnervingly blue sky. <laughs> uh, the pyramids of Giza are in the midground with maybe some locals and a camel, and then in the foreground are are all all of the motherfucking Weasleys. Mm -hmm. Like those those locals with the camel are not the same photo as the the pyramid. Oh hell no! Nor is it the sky. Nor is it the Weasleys. All four parts of this photo are smashed together. Yeah, yeah. But but the oh. thing that bothers me the most is the sky because I just am asking myself why could it? What was wrong with the sky in this picture of the pyramids that they just couldn't use that? I don't know. This photo is like colonizer the photo. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. It is bad. Um, it's not great. It's but yeah, right. no, apparently there are wizards in Egypt. It's the Weasley family. Um, oh, you know what's like kind of the worst part? Oh, what's the worst part? Um, So in universe, their excuse for going to Egypt is mm -hmm. to visit uh, the oldest son, Bill, mm -hmm. who works for a bank okay. and was on like special assignment for the bank in Egypt. Is it a wizard bank or a muggle yeah, bank? Yeah, it's like a wizard bank. Okay, so, okay. 
So, so they couldn't get a an Egyptian wizard guy to do this. They no, had to get they a had to get the white man to go oh count God. the money this in is... Egypt per, oh per chance in the pyramids themselves. Yeah. Imperialism never died. It just went into a yeah. book about wizards. Yeah. Next slide, please, because this takes. <laughs> I like how she's like, "We're done with this." This, We're is moving on. this is actually because Egypt is the the perfect segue between the Middle East and Africa. You know, Africa, yeah, the, the country of Africa, fucking continent, and they get yeah. one school, the, the country of Africa, the country yeah. of Africa, one school. Uh, you know, with the one culture that's there. Oh my god. And the one language. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that's Which the is... thing. There are 11 official languages in South Africa alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and you've, you've been there, right? So, I'm, so yeah, this is, I've been to South yeah. Africa. Like, yeah. literally. So... <laughs> yo. I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the crux of this. Is like, there is one school. It's in Uganda. Uh, and it's for apparently the entire continent of Africa. Again, very stable time and place. Very stable yeah, place. Yeah. Uganda in the 1990s. Yeah, if not very much going with, on. Yeah, if you're familiar with a man <laughs> named Africa in the fucking 1990s and apartheid. Yeah. So like, that's the other thing too, because like people just think like because people are fucking racist, they're like, oh, like only black people live in Africa, which is like, like fuck you, but like. I, it also doesn't make any sense because, like, like looking at South Africa alone, there are people of, like, not only do you have, like, you have white people who don't talk to each other because it's, mm -hmm. like, you have Afrikaans that... and then you have British people, right? And mm -hmm. even, even in apartheid times, like, there was kind of this unspoken, like, the British, if you're of British descent, you're on the top. And if you're on, like, Afri if you're Afrikaner, then you're kind of like in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's which like, is why the Afrikaners were so opposed to ending apartheid, right? Because right. They would, yeah, because it's like they had like this other class that was underneath of them. Mm -hmm. But then it's like you also like people also forget that like when the British colonized South Africa, they brought workers over from India and China, mm -hmm. and so it's like you have people who are like of. In Chinese, fact, wasn't yeah, like yeah, wasn't um, uh, Gandhi in South Africa for a time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's like you have all like you have a shit ton of different cultures. You have a ton of different cultures. You have a ton of different religions. You have a ton of people that like don't speak the same language, even if they're coming from the same country. And that's just one country in Africa. And Africa has been colonized for fucking centuries. So this is similar things are happening in other parts of the continent, right? Like mm -hmm. if we talk, if we look at Ghana and like the French influence, right? Mm -hmm. And so anyway, this whole thing like drives me absolutely fucking bananas. Mm -hmm. Cause then it's like, you have like within other countries too, there's, there's like different hierarchies and there's different, like, you know, there's different treaties going on and there's different fucking cultures. They're all, all going to yeah. go to the same fucking school, Joanna. Yep. Like, yeah. One school, whole African continent. Now, the thing about Uganda is, so like, you talked a bit about the, the history of colonization in South Africa. The history of, of colonialism in Uganda is is interesting. Um, yeah. Originally in that area, the, the kind of premier kingdom was the Ping kingdom of Buganda, which is where the, the name kind of comes from. 
Uh, and you have this in the 1890s, you have a series of essentially missionaries that come in uh, and try to do missionary shit. And when the, um, the kingdom of Uganda kind of starts to crack down on that, uh, then, you know, they call the British Empire to be the club that enforces imperialism yeah. uh, and, you know, start to, to take over there. And yet in that context, like this is the land where this school is supposed to be, like the one school maybe that like the whole continent is supposed to be going to. Right. And they're not just going to, they're just going to take that. Like the wizarding convention of secrecy, like seems to be a very Eurocentric thing. Yeah. And the fact that the the African wizards would just let that happen and not say like use their magic to end imperialism. Right. At that point. Like God, that's such a better story than Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine like that like an anti-colonialist like fantasy novel from like an actual African writer? Yeah. Holy shit. Like, I want to read like, that book. Yeah. But it also like makes a lot of sense that they sort of take this it makes okay if you put yourself in the queen of turf island's head mm-hmm. right it makes a lot of sense of like oh they wouldn't get involved right like it's just not their fight or whatever but they're already involved yeah. they got right. foreigners knocking well, down their no, doors Alex, listen, you're, listen you're i not... agree with you i'm saying <laughs> if you put on the jk rowling goggles Look. <laughs> okay you're being a, a you care about diversity yeah you mentioned africa <laughs> <laughs> look you remembered africa existed you're, right? you're you're right? you're not understanding that enlightened centrism is the one true political political path it's like it's it's very zen politics you know the you, the only you, the only true path to take is to to not take any path is to to let the neoliberals and the imperialists do what they yeah. want yeah, because I know. It's, it's the end of history alex yeah yeah well we're in a period here where history has not yet ended in these 1890s and so why aren't the the wizards doing shit well, i want to know they can see it coming cuz they're they they're, they're, they're so wise the they know oh. they know that neoliberal capitalism is coming so they should oh just let God. it happen they they Thanks, just got to let the <laughs> thing happen it. and like you said yeah like what language are they speaking yeah um anyway next slide please asia right. asia <laughs> so <laughs> Come to the big one, the biggest continent, Asia. One school, <laughs> Mahotoko Koro. Um, so, like I was saying, uh, China and India have over two billion people combined by 1997, uh, the end of uh, the book series, and they don't get mentioned at all. Like, not a one. Uh, during the the 1690s, uh, you have uh, India is basically in the beginnings of the kind of end of the Mughal dynasty. Uh, you've got uh, the beginning of like um, colonial rule in certain parts, like in uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, modern day Bangladesh, uh, the Calcutta, um, modern day Bangladesh and Calcutta. Uh, for the British. And so like, like you've got that same kind of problem going on with uh, Africa, but even earlier, like it, like it wouldn't have been even that much later after the um, whole wizardry secrecy kind of thing that like suddenly the British start showing up and like, Hey, 
why are why are these people here? What what's going on? The sepoys are rebelling. Maybe we should take an interest in this. And and yeah, I know the the colonization of India is is like a fascinating slow like paradox that happens in in slow motion. But like still, you would think that someone there would stand up and do something. Um, now China China's a little different. Um, I think China's in the Ming Dynasty in this period in that period um no it's it's the the beginning of the manchu of the of the the qing dynasty but anyway uh so like but still uh we have japan so and we have japan and we have japan so what's japan like in the 1990s magical girl academy Japan, Japan's doing great in the '90s, right? Also, also a very like stable, good place to be. Mm, not as much. <laughs> not not I mean, as much was... as Uganda or or Eastern Europe. <laughs> it was doing better than than uh, than uh, Rwanda. Sure, uh, it's it's like the end of the '80s uh, in Japan is kind of the end of. Uh, it's when they they finally uh, get their first like post war recession, uh, and it like ends any pretension that Japan is going to overtake America as like the country at the you know the business world, a frontier of of technology. You know, you've seen you've seen uh, Back to the Future. You know what Back to yeah. the Future shows Japan. Yeah, Bla- Blade Runner, Blade Runner, um, all that. Anyway, stuff. so nineties, the lost decade. Um, <laughs> I put in a, a giant enemy crab joke in this. Um, I'm yeah. trying to remember why. Uh, <laughs> uh, because it took place in actual historical Japan. That's right. Yeah. So like the 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 battles of uh, the Senkoku Jidai, you know, that we all are familiar with, you know, the the Warring States period of Japan. Um, if wizard, like that's all before the Wizarding Secrecy Clause. Could there have actually been giant enemy crabs? Could they have actually summoned giant enemy crabs to fight alongside Oda and Obunaga? Like, <laughs> it's possible. It's yeah. before the secrecy clause. Um... <laughs> Again, all of this is way more interesting than like what Harry Potter actually is. <laughs> um, you've got so like in in China, like the first emperor. Like this is way back in ancient history. Like you know becomes infamous for like trying to find immortality um ends up probably killing himself with mercury poisoning trying to do it but like if actual wizards exist presumably someone maybe in china has known how to do this uh china is is like imperial china is known for its um bureaucratic scholar system like like it had national exams long before any such thing was possible in like pretty much anywhere else in the world. Um, it has a long tradition of literacy, like m- above the much of the rest of the world. Like you would imagine if there's any place that there would be a history of a school dedicated to teaching magic, it yeah. would be in China. And yet if there is one, no, it's it not magic at all. It would be in Britain yeah. because that's where all the smart people yeah. live, Alex. It's only it's only in places where there's civilization. There's like a whole like, bunch in Europe. There's like one in America and one in Japan, and that's it. That's like China where invented is. like China invented paper like way before anyone else, and like you, you would be able to. 
But what have they done for us lately? Not for us lately. Maybe, I mean, I think that's where this microphone was made. I think that's probably where these computer screens were made. Listen. Uh, China. <laughs> China. China. Anyway, uh, next slide, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were they were made with uh, the rare earth elements that were mined by the children at the Ugandan school. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, Nick, uh, why? Why did you say that? <laughs> Oh no! Anyway, um, North America. We got to We got to wrap this up. So North okay. America, we have apparently one school. Yep. Ilvermorny. That makes sense. Uh, it, and it's in Massachusetts, which it's also in makes Massachusetts. Sense. It was yeah, founded because, by an. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You you go ahead, and then I'm gonna yell. Uh, I was gonna say it's apparently founded by an Irish witch who came on the Mayflower in 1620. Okay. Um, and so, Watch like out. going back, going back to Ireland again, uh, with the whole our Catholic. Why was Catholic there an thing? Irish person on the Mayflower? <laughs> Hold on a second. This this yeah. is suddenly the thing that I am most upset about. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to explain why that might not be possible, Nick. Uh <laughs> what do you want me to start it. with? My ancestors came over on the Mayflower, so I'll do it. Okay. Um, I think I don't know. Or my my grandmother joined the Mayflower Society because she needed drinking buddies. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Um, so, uh, for those of you guys who live in America, you would you would know the Pilgrims famously buzzkill Puritans mm-hmm. who left England, not Ireland, to mm-hmm. go to what Denmark. Uh, uh, the Netherlands. Netherlands. They went to the uh-huh. Netherlands. They got kicked out of the Netherlands for being religious they, buzzkills. They didn't get kicked out of the Netherlands. The Netherlands was like, oh yeah, that's great. And then like they, they were like, oh, well, we don't like how much our children are growing up to un- be tolerant of these, <laughs> these papists. Our children this- are growing up to be tolerant of others. It's a bloody mess. So they pick up their shit and they go to they go to the new world. And the Netherlands are like, oh, goodbye. <laughs> like, so why would there be a an Irish, an Irish witch? Yeah, mm-hmm. among the, like I, there could be a the witch. Puritans, the Puritans, famously tolerant of witches <laughs> yes, and the and Irish. The Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. we certainly know Oliver Cromwell, friend of the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Cromwell, friend of the podcast. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm so dead. Yeah. So yeah, so it makes no sense that she she also apparently like didn't attend Hogwarts herself and is like piecing and basing Ilmamori off of like half-remembered stories from her mother. Which honestly, as far as like American public education goes, that's the most yeah, accurate I, thing that I've ever heard. Checks out, actually. Checks out. Ha- half-remembered things from a not a formally educated person. Just pass mm-hmm. that along. Mm-hmm. But also, if this school is being founded in the 1620s, I mean, we're all from the South. Did anything happen during the 19th century? 
Well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> okay. so, so in the 1620s, you know, you've got this new magic school forming up in New England. Uh, but there are already people living in, you know, Patuxet. And, yeah. You know, so it's like, what about them? What about natives? Oh, no, no, no. It's Nobody? better because she, like, rips... Like, oh god, and amongst in and amongst all the other shit that Joe has done, mm -hmm. she also like without consulting any indigenous people from that area, mm -hmm. uh kind of co-ops. Um, one might say, Oh, what's that? There's like a word for this when white people do this. Um uh, why am I not thinking about it? Oh, she culturally appropriates. That's the word. Uh -huh. uh, she she like a culturally appropriates a bunch of indigenous um, magic and folklore while creating ill memory uh, for Pottermore. Right. Uh, presumably without contacting or consulting any indigenous people from that area. Fantastic. And so apparently, so what are, are they teaching the native people at this school? No, Is no, this no. A school? Squanto and the other natives. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Can I say that? That's not it. I meant to be a joke, but now I'm like, oh god, did I actually say something? You're like you're that? speaking as Joanne. I'm yeah. speaking as Joanne. Taught uh taught the the good wizarding children of the new world how to live in nature and do the magics, and it was fine. And they all lived in harmony, and nothing bad I, happened. Nothing Certainly bad not happened. The trail of tears. No. In another 200 oh. years, or yeah. any of the treaties, or any of the wars, or any or any you know uh, native uh, relations with American schools. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it anyway. just gets worse. Like the more and worse. more you dig, the just... more you know about history, the worse it gets. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so. Again, same thing. Why didn't they use magic to fight off Europeans? This is, once again, before the magical contract thing. This is also, like, presumably there are going to be people that don't know about Europeans making international right, contracts. Right, like, like, the, like, you know, the Powhatan Confederacy. I mean, of course, that's mm -hmm. south. That's not in the north. But, like, like they're not going to know any of this shit. And presumably, like, that's the other thing, too. It's, like, you're assuming that all of these cultures are going to have the same, if magic exists, that all mm -hmm. of these cultures are going to have the same um, reaction to magic. And they're all going to have the same cultural attitudes towards magic, right? Mm -hmm. Right. When, like, we kind of have a lot of evidence, not, like, a lot of evidence, but, like, one, like, that's just not how <laughs> cultures work. Right, yeah. And, and two, like, presumably there's going to be cultures where they would have been embraced, right? Like, yeah, there's, and, and there's, like, yeah. there's a there's a fine line between what is magic and what is religion. It's yeah. just the religion is the more accepted form of it. Yeah. So, like, like go back to the Powhatan, for example. Like, in 1620s, you know, in 1622, you have this massive war between the Powhatan uh, chiefdom and the, the English, you know, colonizers of Jamestown and in Virginia. So, like, you know, that's going on. They would want to use, or Opikankanu, who's the the leader at the time, they would want to use anything he could get to try to drive off these English. Yeah. Uh, and so, like the fact that they would not turn to magic is ridiculous. And in fact, in those in the narratives about the English, you know, colonizing Virginia, like they talk about, you know, uh, they talk about priests performing rituals 
to like cause rain to happen and put out the matches of like the English soldiers. And like, they talk about that happening. Uh, and so like, like that's the kind of thing that you would presumably have happening. And so what, what's, what's being shared? Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. We're uh, to go to call back to earlier in the episode. Uh, Rihanna is, is got named a, a hero of Barbados. Of course. Um, anyway, but going but as, yeah, as is, like as is her birth rate. Yeah, as is her birth rate. Um, all hail Queen Rihanna. So <laughs> the only queen I recognize. Um, but yeah, so it's like it's it's entirely possible that they like would have embraced people who exhibited magic, and like it's such a Eurocentric like, and that's really kind of like the issue, right? When she mm-hmm. starts like talking out of her ass about like how. Like, because she has, so she's trying to create this, like, uh, you know, she's, she creates Harry Potter, right? She creates the wizarding world and in England and then a bunch of other people, it becomes like a global sensation. And so kids want to know like, oh, like, well, what's it like? Like, what's magic like in, in my country? And Mm -hmm. instead of being like, oh, I don't know, like, instead of accepting like saying I don't know, mm-hmm. or consulting or like, with other or people, like, yeah, or consulting like, with other people, yeah, or yeah. opening it up to like an yeah, extended yeah, yeah. universe. Like you can write in my universe about your country. Yeah. And you can write about your universe. She about just your takes it upon herself to do everything and to always have an answer. And mm-hmm. it's like, and then she says things, and it's like when you think about it for more than five minutes. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. we have been thinking about this for way too fucking long, but it's like when you start thinking about it for more than five minutes, everything that she says falls apart. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, it didn't have to if you were just okay with other people having input on the thing that you created. Like, if you would just embrace the fact that, like, it's a global sensation and that also means that, like, other people get to now have input. Like, if you stopped fucking looking at these books, like, they're your children, because she says that a lot, and start looking at them what they are, which is, you know living pieces of art then like let other people have input because yeah like it would have been really like how much more like how much better would it have been if instead of Pottermore just being all of this bullshit that she's like shitting out right like all of these Mm -hmm. like little mini essays that she's like shitting out like once every three months or whatever what if you got like an indigenous writer because it's like we know people Right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we know people who would have written for Pottermore if she was like, I need, you know, a, like, an indigenous American to write something about, like, the founding of Elmer Mori and talk about, like, the relationship between um, the people, I forget who the people are that lived there at the time, and, um, you know, the founding of this school. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, if she had just, yeah. like, let other fucking people write things. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, we yeah. wouldn't have this issue. Yeah. And so, and also, like, like I, I don't even know if she gets, like, she, not, she definitely doesn't get, like, Native North American or Native American, like, cultures. Um, she also doesn't get African. She doesn't even necessarily get, like, United States American cultures. Well, like, Cause, like she doesn't cause, even like, understand British culture because it's, like, <laughs> she's assuming all of this shit about people in Ireland. And it's, like, yeah. girl, no. Like, they would not be going to your fucking school. Like, she's yeah. so... She's so English mm-hmm. and she so, really like, has a narrow perspective and it, right. and it yeah. hurts the series overall. 
Yeah. So, like, Ilvermorny is supposed to be more egalitarian, more democratic, apparently. Okay. Uh, I don't know how that how a school is how democratic. School, yeah, because yeah. we're famously run our schools democratically yeah. in the US. And and like, you know, like like for example, like even even in America as the United States of America, like you've got Americans like pre-Civil War like in the South, they would have to presumably send their kids to Ilvermorny up, you know, with the Yankees. Yeah. Like, I ain't sending my son up to live with no Yankee, learn no Yankee magic. Well, and, like, like another thing, like, you would assume that if you have kids that are coming from the South and going to, I mean, was there any big cultural uh, tensions going on? Like, yeah. Were there an influx of, you know, African people in the Americas, too? Right. Like, are they? What about also, their magical traditions? Like, which, which <laughs> we know what they, like, are. Oh my god! Yeah, it just it. The more you think about it, the worse it gets. Right. Um, but we right. got to get on with this because because okay. it's sorry, getting late. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. This, to, is last, this is our this is our one hundredth episode. It's good to have a long one, but I got work tomorrow. I got to go to bed at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we do too. We do too. So, oh my god! Why do you have Capoeira Man on South America? Uh, <laughs> so we've got the largest city in North America is currently Mexico City. Mexico, Central America, the Caribbean, none of that gets mentioned at all. Just completely ignored. Only North American one is in the United States of America. Next uh, stru- next slide. South America. Casilla Brujo. Oh. Yeah. Brazil. It's the only Portuguese-speaking country in South America. <laughs> it's the one that has the only South American school. Yep. All classes are in Bra- are in Portuguese. What the hell? Like what the hell? <laughs> Portuguese and Spanish are basically oh the same God. language, right? In fact, send the Italian kids there too. That's close enough. <laughs> God. Uh, they'll get the Romanian but is that, kids there. Is that well. where the kids go? Is that where the Portuguese, like the kids in Portugal? Did they uh, go? The Portuguese kids going to Castle Brujo. I, again, <laughs> I want to reiterate: Castle Brujo just means Wizard Castle. <laughs> it's the Wizard Castle. It's apparently and I think deep that's in the Spanish. Region. I don't think that's even Portuguese. Oh my god! Uh, I might Jay, be wrong about Joanne. that. I might be wrong about that. Hold on, Joanne. I might be talking out of my ass. Doing? Give me a second. Uh, bring up tra- Google Translate that shit. Oh my god. Okay, Castle Brujo. Anyway, Castle, Castle Brujo. Deep in the rainforest. Why, Carl? Why? So is this a castle that was built by wizards that were coming over from Brazil? Or is this a pre-Columbian castle? Is this like an ancient, like, is this like the lost city of El Dorado or something like that? Like, I don't know. I don't know if it ever gets brought up. I don't know if she's written any more about it. It's just, it's there. Okay, no, that Um, is in fact Portuguese. I I think Brujo is also the Spanish word, but I think it's spelled different. Probably. Um, anyway, so it's in the rainforest, you know, a land that is notoriously untouched by, uh, ranchers and loggers today. Um, easy to hide a castle there in the 21st century. Anyway, Brazil in the nineties, it kind of existed economically stable, quiet, but it has a long commercialist history, much like the rest of, you know, colonized lands. Um, and it has its own culture too, but like you have the whole continent of South America, you've got... Argentinians and you've got Venezuelans and you've got uh, Peruvians and they all go to Brazil. Uh, I think the Joe country looked at the map. Where they presumably don't speak the same fucking language. Yeah. And, and I think uh, Joe looked at the map and saw, oh, what's the biggest country in South America? Oh, this place, it's called Brazil. Let's put it there. 
Uh, <laughs> Why? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, I put I put the Capoeira Man because uh, I, I I don't know. I would like to see uh, a Capoeira based magic system. Uh, <laughs> Again, anyway. way cooler, way cooler than anything that's actually yeah. in the Harry Potter books. Anyway, next slide. What did we discover? Uh, the wizarding schools are too few and far uh, to adequately teach the population. Uh, the idea that wizards would sit down and agree to let Europeans take over the world is dubious. As far as J.K. Rowling is concerned, the rest of the wizards' worlds don't really matter and are clumped into vast geographic groups, regardless of ethnicity or religion. Uh, and unless she tweets about it at 3 a.m., uh, and then it becomes gospel. So, so like, Unless she's tweeting about trans people. It is um, such... It's such a fucking English perspective, mm -hmm. right? Like this is such an English perspective on the world. And I'm saying that like as an American who has a shit perspective on the world, it's like, <laughs> at least like I can point to other people and be like, well, you got it wrong. Like, <laughs> like I know that I'm not great, but like y'all are on another level of, of not great. Yeah. But yeah, like the way that it's just like, oh no, of course, of course, like everybody's going to let us make this proclamation. And like, of course, the rest of the world, like, like would get, you know, conveniently filed into these, these schools. And mm -hmm. it's so fucking wild to me. Like, this is mm -hmm. so wild. Yeah. Now, there are three unaccounted for schools. Three schools. We have no idea where they are, what they are. Maybe they might solve every problem we brought up. I highly doubt it. Um, but, like, it's not great. And I... And I you know, need her to stop tweeting about trans people. I need her to, <laughs> to go dig herself a hole. I want her to jump into that hole. And then have a bunch of trans people, like, fill in that hole. And that is an actionable threat. I want you to actually do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. I, I, I would like for uh, for Chuck Tingle to to expand on his version of the Wizarding World. Oh um, yeah. I want, I want to know. I want to know what Chuck's answers to these questions are. Elise, can you can you tweet at Chuck Tingle and ask <laughs> see if we can get answers? Um. <laughs> Anyway, so that's that is my magnum opus. I don't think I'll ever be able to present anything as put well put together as that ever again. But uh, thank you for coming to my TED talk. Uh, yes. in, in fairness, a lot of that had to do with just how many holes there are in like Harry There's Potter so world many building. Holes. I know so many holes. Like it's a yeah. Just make it a different fucking universe. Like 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 yeah. Who gives a shit? Like oh this is planet planet blorp, yeah. and there's wizards on planet blorp. There you go. Or just say I don't know. Yeah. Or just say I don't know. Yeah. Like just it's fine. It's fine. Like but she has to like she is she's one of those people. You know the like and I think that I don't know maybe this is not one of those like this is one of those like unreplicatable studies. Mm -hmm. uh, but they talk about like people who don't know a lot but are really invested in uh presenting like they do right. like she's yeah, yeah, really yeah. invested in this idea of herself being an a member of the intelligentsia right mm -hmm. that it's like she's never okay saying i don't know she's never okay 
And like it gets down like her nonfiction, like her essays that she writes in the BBC, besides just being garbage, it's poorly like besides being garbage opinions, it's poorly written garbage. And it's written by somebody who is clearly not confident in what they are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's so flowery and makes so little sense. Um, and it's just because she's so fucking invested in this image of herself as being a member of the intelligentsia. You know, because yeah. she's the woman that got all these children to read. You know, it's like we put her on a pedestal for so fucking long and now it's like, oh, yikes. Mm. I do like that the cast of Harry Potter is having like a get together reunion party, and, and she's not invited. Is not, not invited. God, yeah, it would be better if they like all of those millionaires went and like gave some money. To... <laughs> I think Daniel Radcliffe has. I want to say mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, like, I think the he last gave time... a fair amount to like the mermaids. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. Like the last time that like <laughs> Princess Turf went on a tear, he was like, uh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. here's some uh, money to the mermaids <laughs> like, but yeah anyway yeah. it's it's one of the like i would love to go back to the uk to visit but it's like one of the big reasons why i'm afraid to do so is yeah. you know the rise of of uh turfdom there yeah um which is why scotland needs to go independent because scotland's way better about this oh man scotland is so much like oh my god scotland better. is so great so <laughs> So much better than England in, like, so many uh, fucking ways. Mm-hmm. It's like, even the air is cleaner in Scotland. Like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> like when we were to Inverness, and, like, after being in, like, London and Portsmouth, we were just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Everything is so clean. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. It is about 10.44 oh, in Jesus. the PM. Oh, Jesus, we need to go to bed. Yeah, we have been recording for two and a half hours. Oh, this God. is maybe our longest episode. I do not know. It's pretty close if it's not It's pretty longest. close. So, uh, once again, we will not be uh, posting yeah. episodes next month, we, um, December. Yeah. We, this might come out on the 1st or yeah. of December. We, we um, will be back second. again in the new year with, mm-hmm. uh, with a real play of... An RPG that Elise needs to read the rules of and put together we, over the. Do we want to do want to tell the people what the RPG is going to be? No, let's make yet. it a surprise. Let's make it a okay. surprise. All right, you'll be surprised by what RPG it is. Yeah. Um, but if you want to interact with us in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at We Have a Nerdcast. Um, follow us on Facebook, uh, and you know, follow, rate us on iTunes, all those kind of stuff that we should be telling you to do all the time, but we never do. All those calls to action, you know, those ones that we always do. Yeah, those things. So thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening, sticking around with us for four years. I don't know why the fuck you're still doing this, but thank you. Um, And we have been... (laughs) We have been Some Nerds of a Podcast. My name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And thank you all for listening and have a wonderful night. Good night.